the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in the competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. There you go, Chris. Oh, he made it. Oh, man. Damn, we got real quiet there for a second. He's like, I'm going to make this sound really good. We'll have to get a drum roll going. Leaning back. Uh, well, Just welcome to uh, another Alaska Wild Project podcast, episode number 46. Um, Chris, we have Chris Owens here. Uh, Chris Owens is a lifelong Alaskan, um, one of the original owners of Chugach Powder Guides, um, works for Red Bull, um, setting some shit up with them. Class five water, white water, correct? 
That was the original rafting company. Yeah. That was original rafting. Epic Quest, mm-hmm. another one. Part of videos with uh, Travis Rice, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, Fisherman. What else? Uh, Badass hairdo. <laughs> Have you always had long hair? No, man. I, oh. I this is the first time I've ever had long hair. It's really starting to get epic. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like the dude in Back to the Future. It's got some nice curls oh, going. Oh man, you hit it on the nail. Twenty-one, chicken watch. Professor, the professor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that looks good. That looks doc, really I'm sorry, good. Doc, 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 doc. That's what it is. <clears throat> yes, doc. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That about fits the build, doesn't it? Letting her flow, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Letting her flow. Some of us can still let it flow, Brandon. Oh, I could. Hey. My, my hair would look a lot like his, to be honest with you. It really you know, would. I, I got curly hair like that, but it'd only be like right here. <laughs> you know, I kind of see back. it at this point as a duty because, like, my brother, uh-huh. it, at like 20, he started going pink. Ah, oh, man. You know? oh. See, that poor bastard. I made it yeah, 25 like at least. You have hair, you should grow it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why he's got the beard going. Yeah, I just went like this. Just straight down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fell through. <laughs> That's great. Uh, thank you to all the uh, the new subscribers to the YouTube channel and all the people that have been leaving us Apple Podcast reviews, um, everyone that's been down to Barney's to pick up some of the merch. Um, we do got the new orders on the way. Um, some of the orders going to be split between our website exclusive stuff that we're going to have on our website and some exclusive stuff that's going to be up there at barney's um if you haven't gone by there definitely go there and spend some money at a local uh local shop you've been up to barney's yeah yeah of course barney's there forever yeah i feel like barney's amh um what else is just like super old school well there used there used to be a play gary kings yeah Yeah, well do you remember eberhard's Mm. Eberhard's used to be across from Gary King's and it was owned by Eberhard Brunner. It was it was like the first real ski shop here in Alaska. Yeah, like you it was a big deal to go in there and get your skis waxed and hang out. How do you how do you spell that? E B E R H A R D S. Eberhard's. And so Eberhard Brunner was uh, was like this iconic um, wildlife photographer. Super badass. And he also had the first ski shop here. And he's a he was a Austrian gentleman. Yeah. Good looking Austrian gentleman. Um, you know, kind of classic silver haired mountain goat. Yeah. And um that's where that was here even before Gary King's. So before Gary yeah, King's. that's that's where you would go to get your binding work done or whatever, or yeah. buy, buy a pair of skis and, and Eberhard's still around. Eberhard Brunner's still around and his daughter uh, Bridget Brunner's kind of a Valdez denizen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Gary King's my, uh, I remember I was like, uh, rollerblading had just come out and he was like the only one that had like the sweet bearings that you could go get and all the extra cool like wheels that you could get. Mm-hmm. And he was like the only store that you could go and get that on top of everything else. I mean, it was so cool to just, it was almost like REI before REI. It's mm-hmm. kind of how I, right. the feel of it, right? Right, yeah. Have you been in the REI? Have you been in the REI down in Seattle? Oh, I've driven past it. No, have you been like in the, the weather chamber and holy the sh- wall and everything? Like a complex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, it's a fucking complex. It takes up an entire like block. 
and it's like three stories. It's just massive. You, you oh, need yeah. like a whole weekend to just go through it all. Well, they have chambers in there where you can test your weather gear. Mm-hmm. So you can batten it down oh, and go step into yeah. a monsoon <laughs> and see how it does. Yep. Yep, they do. It's yeah. it's crazy. Legit. You know, I wonder if they didn't have that because I was there during like uh, October. So there was like a like COVID shit going on. So maybe they didn't let people like let the breeze go. <laughs> let it rip. There. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let it rip. But but yeah, man, Gary King's. That was man. That was. I used to love to go to Gary King's. I think I still have a Gary King old fishing rod. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That was that was, that was cool like shot. the only spot, mm-hmm. right? That you could find. I'll agree with that. Yeah, good high end gear. Yeah. What year did yeah. Gary King's sell or better close down? Like ninety five or something, maybe mid nineties, maybe before that even. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. early 90s, maybe. Yeah, 94, 93. Why did it? What happened with that? REI, probably. <laughs> well, well, he went into, like, small time. He was just selling rafts. Yeah, he, like, was, right? he, he was selling rafts, time, and he, he had specializing. an outfitting thing going on. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. he, he went the natural path of of certain small business, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, a huge space that he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd much rather see it back there than what had become a Chuck E. Cheese. No, what is it now? Uh, isn't it? I think it is. No, Chuck E. Cheese is what? next to it. Yeah. It was next to it. Well, oh, it's, it's like, like a gym, gym or, or, gym or, or like a body renew mm-hmm. or, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's crazy. a few things. Good old days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into the history of uh, Chris Owens here. Um, oh, before we get started, uh, Chris, if you guys are looking for more info on Chris or some of his cool stuff that we're going to be talking about, uh, his Instagram is at Owens Never Sleeps. That's a really cool name. <laughs> yeah, I like the handle. That's cool. That's uh, a whole back. I um, so uh, Teton Gravity Research. If you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, their founders, one of their founders is Dirk Collins, who grew up here in Anchorage. And at the time that they were getting started in Jackson Hole, I was living in Colorado, uh, going to school and teaching down there. And they were working on starting up TGR. And I kind of became bound up in their whole program and helping start Teton Gravity Research. But I was busy all day, and so everything I did for them, I did at night. And the moniker Owens Never Sleeps kind of came out of all of that, and it's stuck with me ever since. So so you had the name before even Instagram was around. I think I tacked that name on in 1996. Before Sweet. MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> pre-social yeah. media. Pre-social media, man. Yeah, sounds I, like I, a lot of work. You know what? Work, I wouldn't man. mind going back to the pre-social media days. Yeah, oh, I'd love it. It's so different now, man. You can't say we're better off for it. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think no, so. I don't think my. Not. I definitely don't think that the kids are better off. Like my kids are full meltdown, dude. When it comes time to like enough of with the iPad. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, it's just like get, full like, meltdown. Yeah, it's like how I would be when my mom used to be like, "You got to come inside now," and I would just full meltdown like one more hour. You know, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to go in back in. Yeah, man, it's it's terrible. No, it used to be as you know, especially you know, in the kind of golden days that you did shit outside. Yep. Yeah. As a kid, you went outside, and your parents said, "Don't come back till it's dark," and in the summer. 
them and don't come back. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. come back. I would only go home time. to take a shit. Yeah. <clears throat> and a it. lot of times I would wait so long, I'd shit my pants <laughs> on the way home. It's like don't want to interrupt. Yeah, and then I just would oh, not. That's not a little make boy. It, that's man. a little boy thing, dude. Oh like, man, you're not man. like the FOMO is so bad. Yeah, you're just in the middle of a huge Risk tag it. game, and you're like, I gotta poop so bad, but I can wait. And then you just can't, and you try to run home, dude. And I just would shit my ass, dude. And it was always <laughs> at this one spot at the fence, for like. It's a um, lot of graphic information. Hey, nah, man. Hey, yeah. listeners, listen. <laughs> yeah. if you made it this far. It's the, it's you the deserve the story. It's the real deal. We get to this part of the gate. <laughs> Um, I lived, I grew up by uh, Tudor Elementary over there before the Alpine apartments were built, and it was yeah. all like woods over there and Campbell Creek, and we'd fish and float that thing, and we would play at the park over there. They had just built like a brand new, like back then it was all wood, like the uh, playgrounds were all made out of like wood and steel, you know, right? Splinters yeah. and just like knock your head on yeah. things, death traps, the, yeah. just <laughs> the real tire that would go around and around until you just throw up. <laughs> and I would just try to run home, man. And I lived, like, on the first street of houses that was right there, like, where the Alpine Apartments are now. Like, there was only one street of houses. And there was all mud. And that's, like, where I learned to actually ATV ride because it was all it was just all, like, swamp there. And I would just run home and, like, never make it and always get to the gate where I was, like, going to get to the street. And I'd just be like, boom, shit my ass. Right there, dude. I would just take off my stuff, throw it in the trees, <laughs> go back to play. I wouldn't even, like, go home. I'd be like, oh, it's too late now. What am I going to go home for? <laughs> Grimy, bro. Dirtiest D. Dirtiest, yeah. yeah, you're the dirtiest D. No doubt about it. <laughs> um, oh. Chris, before we got in here, you said, that, you said that your mom opened the first art store? Yeah, yeah, my my folks came up here in the military in 1967, and uh, you know both originally from North Carolina, and I think they thought they were moving to the cold version of hell. Mm. Um, and uh, so they they moved up here, stationed in Fairbanks, or no, they're country? stationed here. Okay, uh, at Elmendorf, mm. and uh, they're moving truck got stolen what wow. so they got shipped to alaska from north carolina and all of their worldly possessions evaporated oh my god right? so they definitely had like fresh start here all the way as as fresh as it gets and uh, wow. I, I was born here in 69 my mom was originally a um elementary school teacher okay. and then she opened an art gallery called artique limited which was downtown on G Street, yep, over there by um, what is now 49th State, yep, uh, Crush, mm -hmm. yep, Urban Green, yeah, it was right there, it was right there uh, on that, and so she closed it a few years ago after I think 47 years, mm. but it was it oh, was I the first shop. It, it was the first yeah. gallery in Alaska, yeah, really. What year was that? Uh, first year, uh, 1971, I think. Wow. Yep. So I grew up with, wow. you know, kind of in time. the presence of a lot of what are considered the Alaskan greats, you know, the Makatons family, the Birdsall family, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the Van Ziles, Susan Ellis, Riemann Yeos. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all of my first jobs were in the gallery. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, you get a little older, you're still working there and you're making cardboard air guitars and... <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, my, my parents used to loan me out to the Makatons family who had, uh, a big spread 
up if you go up on the hills across from the Palmer Fairgrounds and drop back on the other side there, they mm-hmm. had an area called High Ridge, a couple of big lakes on their land, and, and that's where he painted. Mm. And they heated their entire program with wood, so they had their own logging roads. They had dog teams and the whole whole deal. My parents would loan me out to the Makatons to log mm. in the summer just to support their program, help them. Wow. Um, help them do that. And, you know, he always said, a man who cuts his own wood is twice warmed. <laughs> oh, sh- that's twice, good, yeah. Twice warmed. Twice warmed, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yeah. That's all the Sweaty the and then cold and then heated by the By the work wood. that he did, yeah, that's yep. right. Badass. Yep. Artique, man, that's, that has been around for a long time. Piece of Alaskan history, yeah, it's closed now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, I think, it's a little bit of a sad commentary. I mean, she was getting close to her 80s, and it was time for her to do something anyway. But, you know, kind of the reality is that the culture war is over and culture lost. You know, people buy big string TVs now. They don't yeah. buy original pieces of art. No. Um, you know, it's just a different consuming public these days. Yeah. And it's too bad. Yeah, well, so you saw that business, like how it it changed. Yeah, Once and it went to it, like yeah, and technology I gotta, mode. Yeah, I, I got to hand it to her. You know, she closed it on her own terms. She wasn't, you know, she kept this high level of excellence all the way until the very last day, and wasn't willing to compromise or change the vision of what that beast should be. Yeah, you know, she's basically like, nope, uh, I'll close it as is rather than sell it and watch somebody dwindle it into something else or. You yeah, know, well, good for her. It's kind of an art in itself. It's sure. Sticking with that vision. And, yeah. And she retired it. She was yeah. like, yeah. It's, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so what happens to all those old pieces? I got a lot under my bed. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of time to rotate the art. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. They, Do they have like a big sale at the end and try to like sell off what you could and then... Yeah. Obviously, there's a, a yeah, price it, point where you're like, and I can't get rid of this for this low. Yeah, it was a super bittersweet yeah. closing, and you hold on to your favorite pieces. And yeah. Yep. What's your uh, <laughs> most prized piece from there? I have a, uh, in my home, I have a, um, it's probably five foot by six foot uh, Byron Birdsall oil painting of oh, just nice. trees in the snow. Yeah. I, and he mm. didn't do a lot of oils. You know, mm. he was a watercolor guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, but he did, you know, he would get commissioned by, you know, BP to do these giant things in mm. in the lobby or whatever. Yep. Okay. Um, and he did some commercially sold or uh, regularly or, sold pieces that mm-hmm. were big oils, but it wasn't his normal thing. But he was a dude that figured it out. That figured out balance, which is, that's the struggle, right? Mm. Like, how do you make money? How do you have the things that you want? How do you have the experiences that you want? And how do you not give up the wrong chunks of your life in order to have those things, right? And this was a guy who did exactly what he loved, uh, that he loved with a passion. He did it in the presence of his family, he uh, figured out how to be very successful at it. Uh, you know, he, he was uh, 
very prolific. You could see bird saws all over the place. Mm. You'd see him in oh. Seattle. You'd see him in Alaska. You'd see, see him all over the country. He was really producing yeah. them. Yeah, he was he was ripping them out. Yep. But it was he still kept it very authentic. Mm. And, you know, he would look at his family and go, let's go live in London for a year. I'll do a London series. And he would go paint in London and and throw a Denali, in the, you know, with Big Ben in front of it and come back here and just sell the shit out of it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll say, eat it yeah, up. Yeah, he'd look at yeah. him and say, okay, now let's go live in Kenya for a year. And he would do a Kenyan series and throw Denali on the Savannah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he just, he absolutely grabbed the world right by the balls and squeezed and made it his own in his own way. And... Mm. um you know, he, he lived to a pretty ripe old age, and and um, he never compromised. He had it all. He did yeah. it all. That's an inspiration. It's, it's super hard to do that. It's, Very. It, it is really easy to chase whatever your passion is and in the process of that uh, forego the things that you need or alienate your family mm-hmm. or work yourself into a heart attack or, you know, like balances. Yeah. Balance is hard. Yeah. You know, is it ever? Yeah. Yeah. You don't really figure that out till you get older too. The mm-hmm. balance thing. The balance leans way more toward being selfish and being doing you. Yeah. And then it, there's like a paradigm shift where you're like <laughs> for a while in between, you're like forcing yourself to compromise to the point where later you just get good with, balancing it and being cool yeah. with like can't make this trip this weekend boys got this yeah you know can't you know you you do what you got to do yeah but that's cool because i'm guessing you can reminisce on all that when you look at that painting in your house right oh yeah for sure. yeah, yeah. That, that's what's like the coolest part about that well by the, the artist behind had, the piece yeah. right yeah we had yeah. a cool relationship because i would provide him with a lot of photographic art that he would later mm. paint and okay. Turn, turn oh, okay. In, turn in. Got it. Really? Got it. Yep. Now his pieces are on your Instagram too, right? Is that what? Those are all my. Oh, pieces. Those are all your pieces. Those are all my pieces. Oh, hundred percent yours. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's amazing. Is, stuff. Uh, he's still alive. No, he died um, maybe seven or eight years ago. Did they ever do any kind of uh, book on him or documentary or man, that would be a great one. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, the museum has some, some of those kind of pieces. Yeah. They definitely have one on Fred Makatons. I don't know about Byron. So you grew up in that building. A funny little connection. Um, I own a couple hot dog stands downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, for like four years, my commissary was downstairs in that building. Oh, yeah. In that basement. Uh-huh. And I could just imagine as a, a kid growing up down in that basement, mm-hmm. growing down and all that scare, that stairwell that mm-hmm. goes down there yep. and all that scary shit that's down there. Yeah. I mean, I'd be freaked out just as a grown man. like. And that funky little street lift yep. at the end. Yeah. Pop out on the sidewalk. I yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. It has like a weird uh, little elevator thing there, mm-hmm. which wasn't working. Would have been nice because carrying yeah. sodas, f- coolers full of sodas would have been nice to have an elevator. <laughs> we used to have to carry them up those stairs. Oh, brutal. That double stairs, right. dude, every dude. single day, dude. Just six coolers coming up the stairs, bro. Talking about being ready for sheep hunting. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Get your training in. Get your training in, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, James is the shizziest, right? James is the shizziest. All right. The What's shiz- the count? Can we get keep a count on that? That's, That's two? That's one. I got one. 
I got one since we started recording. What one of just saying James is the shizziest? Yeah. Or, or two of James is the shizziest. Oh yeah. shit! No, I got to lose. I'm losing track. I think we're four now. Four now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, James is the shizziest. And that was the that was a hundred each, right? Huh? A hundred each? Uh, well, he's saying ten, but ten dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if we can say it a hundred times, he's gonna owe me a lot. We of money. Yeah, yeah, we get up to Annie too. We'll get it there. We'll get it there. <laughs> Actually, James the shizziest came up in the um, Chad's uh, Chad Arnt. You know Chad. I've met Chad, yeah. chatted with him a bit, but we've never really hung out. Yeah, cool dude, badass guy. Um, What's bringing up uh, some avalanche stuff? Uh, we were supposed to have Chugach Avi come out, and we we're going to do a whole avalanche deal with those guys. And um, the guy who was, who was supposed to come got sick. We're rescheduling them, and so Chad came and saved the day. And obviously, he's had some um, experiences with avalanches. And then he was telling me how how James, uh, he was there with James. Um, his little avalanche experience and showing us the picture picture there so james is the shizziest shizziest what, what's yeah, james last name again stevens stevens james yep. is the shizziest yep. yeah his last name is the shizziest yeah i haven't i haven't uh i haven't had the pleasure of meeting james but i heard a lot about him <laughs> james is a is a awesome man awesome yeah guy. yeah real good got us dude. hooked up with chris here right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yep. that's way cool mm-hmm. yeah do. you know this is like really fun how we can all make these connections and to get uh, a character in an alaskan classic like yourself and your story on through, an alaskan classic is that how you say old these days i well it was a very it was an incredible I, I felt like it was a very respectable way to say a uh, very seasoned veteran of the uh, old of the codger wild, of the wild uh, alaskan yeah. lifestyle crusty so, in all the right places yeah i mean i old codger i don't know if i go quite there i mean i'm working on it i mean it's maybe when, you're, you gotta have when you're drinking whiskey i don't know maybe the codger comes out but mm. man gotta have goals yeah yeah we do got some johnny walker over there just in case you're wondering oh yeah we okay. do yeah thanks pepe oh, um yeah. well let's backtrack then a little bit so the mom your mom started the artique and then uh obviously you grew up in alaska east high thunderbird shout out to the uh, thunderbirds fly the highest yep all right 88 um, right 88 1988 yep 1988 yep yep uh grew up right here in anchortown kind of split between here and girdwood uh grew up ski racing and you know, most of my existence being down in Girdwood. Yep. Um, Damn, man, the highway, though, back then? They used to have the bus. <laughs> Remember the bus that'd pick you up? Did you ever take the bus? Uh, pick no, you up right at Gary King's. No, you know, I was I was actively racing, and so I was involved with a lot of families that were always back and forth, mm. including my own. So it's more of a question of whose turn is it to, oh, to gotcha. drive out yeah. there. It wasn't like my mom just, oh, we're going to drop you off at this parking lot and hope these guys pick you up and take you all day. <laughs> yeah, I was take your brother, too. <laughs> how the logistics are probably so much smoother now compared to back then. You know, the, the, old, way the, highway the old road was pretty road. exciting, yeah. yeah I mean, you got real hairball there for, like, an S-curve yep. at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Man. And then, I mean. And it avalanched uh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yes. Yeah. And it was way tighter to the mountain mm-hmm. and just. Yeah, and narrow, Man, crazy, super narrow. Like there's you did no that room a for million error. times, a probably a million times. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh man, yep. I, I remember kids growing up and talking about going to Alaska all the time. I never did it. I never was into skiing. Yeah. Um. None, none, of, the, none of the family members did it. Just kind of one of those things. Didn't have a buddy that did it really. Yeah. So, but man, I it, the 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 stories are always so cool. Like, because I love Girdwood. I love bird i love going down into that area and it's got to be a blast to make it a routine to go down there on the weekends and ski and snowboard mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and then it's to like a lifestyle. Go school really, go down there during the week too. Sure. And I think they might have priced a lot of people too. out at this point. I'd say what? Priced a lot of people out at this it's, point. It's yeah, gotten it's pretty, pretty gnarly now. That's yeah, pretty good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I prefer to tour these days. Nothing against Alaska. I still, you know, it's, it's the home I grew up in. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I like to get a little bit more off the off the grid, off the beaten track. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I nice. bet, I bet. So grew up skiing oh, and doing that, school. and then yeah, um, and uh, a, a lot of fishing when I was young. Okay, neither neither one. I I, I am a hunter. Com- I am commercially an avid, or I, uh, no? Oh, okay. no, just sport fishing. Gotcha. Uh, I, I am an avid hunter, but my parents are not. I did not grow up hunting. I didn't. That didn't really enter my life until my 20s. Okay. Um, yep. But, you know, I, as a youth, it was racing and and then, you know, figuring out ways to squirrel off-piste and, yeah. you know, figure out ways to disappear into the mountains and still be home in time for dinner. Yeah. Sure. Um, which really kind of set the track, right? Yeah. Um, so then went away. Um, hometown syndrome. Couldn't wait to leave. Couldn't wait to come back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you don't really realize how good life is here until you leave for a while. And I, I lived in Colorado, knocked out a couple of degrees there, taught there for a little while, lived there for seven years, and then mm. I was definitely ready to come home. So, finishing up in Colorado, I helped TGR, Teton Gravity Research, get started in Wyoming and just help get that company off the ground and and um in return in my return here I helped them manage um the very beginning of online marketing and the building of of uh community forums and those types of things mm. and original websites and and the first MySpace uh, page <laughs> no, it wasn't on MySpace page, but but we were pretty early bleeding edge in delivering video online. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. For those that could get, like, internet that was good enough to stream it. And mm-hmm. Oh, it took forever. <laughs> oh, I it bet. It took forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just, like, three hours to watch a 15-minute video. Yep. So. Um, Got to watch it, though. You know, traveling kind of with that crew um, and meeting mutual friends um when i moved back here our friend doug coombs was starting um valdez heliski guides in valdez Mm. and so myself and jim conway and dave hamry and a couple of other guys helped doug get valdez heliski guides off the ground in valdez in 96 and then the next year um doug helped us start chugach powder guides in girdwood and so those early days were uh stupid uh (laughs) you you know it it was it it was it was a very it was it was smart and it was stupid The, the the stupid part was the business model right because it was in the bar and going hey you know hey buddy i got 37 dollars in my pocket you know, if we can come up with another 150, we could be out there and out of the resort. You know, how much money you got? Yeah. You know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it was all, it was all about finding that way to get out there yourself. Yep. But there was this very earnest discussion 
of um you know especially standing there in valdez and like looking up at the books and and uh some of the other features around there with people who are now uh considered historic greats in the industry right Mm -hmm. looking at that stuff and going well okay yeah so that's doable but could you do it with somebody else could you do it with somebody without your skills could you do it repeatedly if you were going to do it repeatedly how would you do it how would you make sure that everybody makes it home at the end of the day and and uh it was really the beginning of um kind of advanced uh backcountry travel safety protocols yeah and you know it was there was heli skiing going on elsewhere in the world. Like it was very established in Canada already, and and um, Sun Valley Heli Ski Guides, which we later ended up buying, but they were they were the first ones in the United States. Um, but it was still a very uh, fluid and very unperfected train of thought. And then you take Alaskan terrain into consideration. And by the way, this was. In 96, 97, in, 90, in 91, I went on my first heli skiing trip. I got buried, and I got mm. I got. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, and I got beaten through the trees like a pinball. Like I broke uh, my ocular, my collarbone, five ribs, punctured both lungs. Oh, you got tore bro- up. Broke my jaw, yeah, um, and buried for 40 minutes. I punched my head through into a tree well and had air, and it saved my life. And so then it later, into, and I had been married for six months. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and then it, it later ended up becoming what I did. Yeah. And, you know, so I had certain family and a wife that were like, what? What? what really? You, you know, yeah. like, uh, and so that question of how do we do this? Not once, you know, like you get the right crew. Yeah. You can do anything. You, if you have the right crew, you can climb Everest. If you're in shape and you know how to do it, yeah. you have the skills. Yep. But the question is, how do you do it with people who don't have those skills who are going to come on vacation that aren't at the peak of their physical condition that mm-hmm. uh, haven't been looking at that particular thing for four years and waiting for the right day? Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so how do you bring them in? How do you evaluate that? Uh, evaluate that and how do you... Uh, safely lead people through that experience. And then, uh, you know, that kind of set of operating protocols, you can find those bones in, you know, so we were the first two operations and now there's like 19 in Alaska. And if you dig through their operating plans, you'll find those bones yeah, in oh. in everybody's advanced operating plans these days. Yeah, you guys almost set the blueprint. We did for for it. Man, yeah. there must have been With so experience much experience and everything. So right? much trial and error going on. I bet for how long do you just like do it yourselves before you feel like, hey, we might be able to bring a paying customer mm-hmm. on this? Yeah, that's kind of how it was. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't sure think they're up for it and everything else. I mean, I don't think I took a paycheck till 2005. Yeah. Really? And then it became, you know, by the time I sold it out, it became a machine. You know, we had the lodge in the Tordrillos. We had oh. the operation in Girdwood. We had we were running uh, three helicopters in Girdwood, one in the Tordrillos. We bought Sun Valley Heli Ski Guides. And, uh, 
you know, on any given day, we had 110 employees and a wow. b- b- bunch of clients in motion and buses and chefs and yeah, trucks and Full cats operation. and snow machines and all kinds of stuff going on. It became a very different, different animal. And it's a... Um, Did you expect that to grow that big? Uh, you know, I, I hoped it, yeah. uh, and, and then I was sorry. Mm. Oh, that kind of, it changes the, pa- it changes the passion. It's, it's mm, a, yeah. it's a unique, took a um, life of its own, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a unique kind of stress because you have all of these wheels in motions. You got pilots, you got drivers, you got snowcat drivers, you got guides, you got, a mixed bag of clients from all over the world. And there's a bunch of critical links that if any one of those things goes wrong, you kill someone. Mm. Somebody's going to die. Yeah. Right. Or get seriously fucked up. And we had our fair share of people get fucked up. Mm. But in the mountains, we never, we, we never had a death that since then there's been some deaths, but, mm. um, our operation, we never did. And, and it was, uh, you know, near, near my culmination, I was finally all the way out in 2014, I think. Um, I felt like it did good. I, I passed it on, give him a good shove off and a wish of good luck and, and, with kind of the knowledge that even if you do it all right, if you do everything right, um, you don't make any mistakes. You use good science. You use good protocols. Um, you make all nothing but good decisions, which that doesn't exist, by the way. But um, yeah, uh, you know, there's in, an intent in, in, to in, right? in, the, in the best of cases, you make nothing but but good decisions. The X factor is still out there, and if you keep dealing the cards long enough, your number comes up and, and you, and you hurt somebody. And so, you know, our summer operations were, uh, both kind of local and expedition rafting and fishing. And we had a program called Kings and corn, which was, uh, heli skiing t-shirt, heli skiing in in, in June, corn snow in, in the Alaska range, the Tordrillos. Okay. Uh, and then heli fishing for Kings. So you would, go back once the corn gets too soft and switch your gear and spot kings from the air and jump like out with a nine rate nine weight fly rod and harass kings with a fly rod and um and eventually you know we ran six mile a lot and mm. we eventually mm. we had a death on on six mile which mm. which kind of got my mind into uh risk and what's worth it and what's not and you know i'm a firm believer that risk is worth it the best things in life come from from risk but yep. it it has to pay and it has to um continue to f- feed your soul or, yeah. it's, or it's not worth it once it becomes that thing that keeps you up at night it's time to move on yeah because then mm. you get stupid too um yeah your your ability to make the correct choices starts to waver doesn't it mm-hmm. and we were always we we always had some very fundamental things that work for us. Um, you know, I had two partners. I had Mike Overcast, who is the guy that um, you want to be around if you happen to be needed, to, if you need to be carried out 
mm. of the mountains for 15 miles on somebody's back, right? Yeah. yeah. He's the dude. And uh, Dave Hamry, who is who I want to be when I grow up, <laughs> um, he's was the main avalanche talent for the Alaska Railroad for decades. Dave Hamry? Mm-hmm. His wife, Patty? Mm-hmm. I worked with Patty in the school for yeah. a long, long time. Yeah, well, Dave's a stud. He, he is, is a stud. Oh, yeah. I've been to a few Christmas parties up at their house, their yeah. beautiful house, yeah. and all, like, yeah. their... Um, good music. All their good music, good everything in there, and yeah. beautiful home, and all their, like, beams yeah. and stuff are old, like... Um, I, I chatted with yeah. him for a while. They're all like the old, old railroad, railroad uh, ties, railroad ties, yeah. and railroad stuff. And it's it's uh, he's a really really cool dude. Yeah. So Dave Dave always kept his day job, which gave us a hell of a lot of intel on what was going on in the mountains mm. from a science perspective. Mm. And you know he so so Mike was his role was to keep the people alive, and my role was really to keep the business alive, and Dave's role was to keep me and Mike alive. <laughs> uh, you know, to just come in and calm us down and yeah. go, wait, 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 back up, stop, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slow down, think about it this way, you know, get some altitude, boys, breathe, and, you know, you're not allowed to kill him, and you're not allowed to kill him. <laughs> don't yeah. kill each other you know come on we're all on the same team here um and you know that gift of being able to separate your business decisions the money decisions from your safety decisions mm. and letting those things exist mm. in there not letting money drive go no go type decisions mm-hmm. like safety first yeah n- not having um that thing where Oh my God! If we don't ski these people today, we're gonna sh- we're gonna shell out twenty thousand dollars in refunds because they haven't achieved their guarantees this week and they're leaving tomorrow. And da 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 da. You so know what? Pressure, man. Y- you know what? You shell out the twenty grand in refunds and you try and figure out how to make it work tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of business that. I mean, I literally, I had multiple occasions where I would look at my wife and say something to the effect of. If it rains for three more days, we're gonna lose our house. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, and yeah. yeah, like what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Well, thank you for telling me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a heads up. <laughs> I just want to let you know. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds pretty volatile. Well, it, it always worked. I've always been really good at putting my financial fate in the hands of the gods. Yeah. And um, well, you trusting put, yeah. in the universe a little bit and and let it happen, you know. Well, Relax so, and let it happen. It sounds like yeah. you've given all of the right energy to the powers that be that have allowed you. I mean, you figure the avalanche scare, the the all the stuff that you've done that I'm sure was hairball, like a lot of it. Even though it was safe and you guys had it right and it was still hairball. Even though you try and keep it to not be Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you still had to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And um, so it seems like I was just kind of like just the way you rolled. (laughs) I mean, just on on the edge kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would that be... Like would that make kind of sum it up? Like, yeah, I mean, I think so that, speak, that over si- that oversimplifies it a lot. Yeah, uh, you <laughs> know, you're just, you're just trying complex. to make it make it make it through the day, and yeah, yeah. and you know, the heli ski season is a uh, um, 
it's a marathon, man. You're mm. got about a 12 week shot where you're working seven days a week. You're going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, mm. as an owner, every single client who comes wants to try and kill you with alcohol. Oh, you're expected to entertain yeah. uh, as well as do the job. And, um, you know, the end of the season comes and you just about pass out. You just feel like, oh, my God. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, just a shift. <laughs> what is the season? What's the date like that? Uh, it's generally from, like, our season always started, uh, right, President's Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and go through mid-April, sometimes into May, just depending on the kind of winter you're having. Yeah. And you, you can go that a little bit later out in the Tordillos. You got a little more altitude out there. And then we would go right into rafting like three weeks later. So you'd oh, a little short break or yeah, just a, tear one just operation down overhaul, and ramp, yeah. up the, ramp up the other the other operation and go yeah. all summer. And then take a break in the middle of rafting, go to do four or five weeks of kings and corn and then back into rafting. And Okay. You know, and then fall comes and – it's time for hunting. Everybody takes everybody takes a breath, and that was something that we always chose not to make part of our professional lives and to just yeah hold for ourselves yeah, yeah. And, and to not pollute ski raft and then hunt for for passion mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you know I don't care who you are your, your dad always told you you know do what you love and the money will come mm-hmm. right the famous dad yeah quotes and and that's right but tying your mortgage to the passion can change the passion yeah i bet mm-hmm. yeah you like you say you can get volatile it can get yeah then it's it, not it fun it, if yeah it's like well either Build resentment the, we keep the business and, or we keep the house yep right so i kind of felt like i made it through um you know close to two decades and um didn't kill anyone and it was it was the right time to get out. So we we took on some investors and we formed a company called Epic Quest, mm. and that was really an effort at taking those same high end adventure travelers who we very much had their trust, their friendship, not only uh, with their lives and their safety, but with their time uh, and and their money to a certain degree. We touched a lot of money. We didn't keep a lot. Yeah. But, um, uh, and kind of taking another bite of the apple w- with those same folks and saying, all right, well, if you like that, let's let's go do this. And so yeah. we, we set up biking in Lake Garda, Italy, and yacht-based surfing in the Marshall Islands, and fishing, fly fishing for Golden Mashir in the Tiger Preserves in India. Wow, all and over the place. Trekking and rafting in Bhutan and, and uh, equestrian safari in Kenya. Um, and really affiliating ourselves with the best of the best of the guide world. Mm. And taking that, that same hand on the back, uh, high touch, highly personal um, adventure sports delivery. Uh, kind of methodology and expanding it out through different sports. So we formed Epic Quest and 
I agreed to run that for five years and then take a dilution and be all the way out. Um, and so on the back end of that, I um, held on. There was always a film support end of uh, the industry that came with heli skiing and rafting and, you know, backcountry, this and that. You know, we guided hundreds of film crews, photographers, oh, magazines, television shows, you, you know, you name it over the years. And that kind of business, when, when you make your living on a repetition of of runs is actually a pain in the ass for <laughs> heli ski companies, that type of thing. Cause it's slow and you can't combine it with your people who are paying good money for a certain volume of skiing. Right. Right. Okay. And, and you know, a lot because of pressure, man. well, film work is very time intensive. It's, it's, you know, it looks like all action, but there's a lot of sitting around yeah. Yeah. and, yeah. and waiting for the light to change and, and, uh, so I held on to the film and television production end of the business when I left. And so that became Conundrum Ventures. Okay. Okay. Um, and went from that into producing a couple of uh, features for Red Bull, the most recent of which was the fourth phase. The fourth well, phase. Which is, uh, well, there was three of them. There was uh, That's It, That's All, and The Art of Flight in the fourth phase and those were all travis rice films and so that's it that's all we worked on under chugach powder guides and epic quest mm -hmm. and then the fourth phase came along after i left and so i became the field producer for that and that was a four-year project project uh where you know we filmed all over the world but the main objective was uh here in alaska uh an area in prince william sound that we called so far gone Mm. and uh we tried for four years to get at it and rode all over the state uh but we failed we failed in the ultimate objective you know uh, my partner accessibility or what what was the well it was an area that uh was illegal for helicopters um oh. and so uh fixed wings were grandfathered in but it's a wilderness area and mm. so anything that we wanted to do had to be climbed and, um, you know, Red Bull doesn't do anything small. You know, we had, we had a crew, just the film crew was like 18 people. Wow. And, um, you know, it was on myself and, and uh, one of my best homies, uh, Ted Purdy, uh, to give the no or no go. And it was just never set up to where we wouldn't kill everybody in the crew. Yeah. And... Mm. Uh, so the only people who ever got to lay sticks on it was me and Ted. Like, you know, we'd go out there every other week and dig holes and look at things and go, oh, no good. We got to go somewhere else. And sometimes yeah. oh, you go okay. out there and go, don't take any more steps. Oh. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, walk backwards in your footsteps. So you right would chopper into place. like a borderline and then hike up? No choppers. We, oh, oh. we were using super cubs oh. and <laughs> dropping. Oh. If, if, if you sift through my Instagram, there's a lot of that area yeah, right, yeah. Uh, out there. But um, – you know, it's it's about trying to make the objective happen, and there's actually a certain beauty in failure. Um, I mean, that, those sound like words that make you feel better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after after you didn't do it. But uh, it re it really is about the journey, you know. And and every season that we would continue to hammer at it and take a left turn and go, all right, pivot. 
here's option B, here's option C, here's option D. Mm. And, and, you know, what's it like in Valdez right now? Let's go look at the Alaska range and, you know, can we figure out how to set a camp out there that is a self-supporting camp right now? Can't, you know, like, let's, drop in let's and do that. And, you know, you've got all these different athletes with very busy schedules in motion and trying to make all those things, those things work. And we ended up making a good film. It wasn't the story we wanted to tell, mm. yeah. but it was a story. Where can people yeah, find this? Still, uh, Red Bull TV. Red Bull uh, TV. Yeah. YouTube uh, or, or YouTube, I'm sure. The fourth, the fourth yeah. phase. The fourth phase. Yeah. 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 Um, tell me, so far gone is the the writing area where what's the nickname what's up with that that's such a mysterious cool that's a travisism uh you know I, oh, oh I, it's like a little personal thing he called it yeah a travisism a travisism there's a lot of travisism so yeah. far gone he called the was it like a valley or was it like a a, a little set of no like it's 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 like in it's college fjord it's in prince william sound okay it's, it's you know you've got the harvard and the yale glacier right there in the mm -hmm. mountain formation and so you're looking up at the back side of mount marcus baker okay up there and the formations out there are just absolutely humbling like mind-numbingly huge and um, uh, he had a micro formation in mind that is a dwarf among everything out there. But when you get into it, it's just that everything's so big, right? You know, you yeah. have no sense of scale. When you get into it, it's just all these super uh, fat ribbed fluted spines that you'd have to climb. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just we couldn't get it done. We had a bunch of objectives out there, Camp A, Camp B, Camp C. And, you know, the plan is to go park your ass out there for a month and mm. work on it. Be able to and bring supplies in. And, and, and like yeah, oh, it's a whole logistical shit show. And it's stuff that has to happen <laughs> in, in small windows of opportunity. Right, and, when weather's good and everything. Yeah, and you also have to be super prepared for disaster in an area mm. where there is no help and mm. – can't bring in a heli, you know, uh, realistically, if there's that kind of problem, you bring in the heli and you well, say, I'm yeah. sorry later, but. What's the, what's the involvement with the Coast Guard? Like, do, do they have to be fully informed and given like a report that you guys are doing this just in case? No. They got to come or no? no? that's okay. all forest service land oh, out there. It's a okay. wilderness, it's a wilderness study area, which means it hasn't been, designated as a wilderness but it carries all the same rules as a wilderness okay right? okay um you ever put in applications trying to access it that's what i do okay that's yeah uh, uh, my I mean, specialty these days in my ripe old wise age <laughs> is making really really difficult things happen in very hard places and connecting make sure with the right that, people and, and make sure paperwork. that everybody comes out yeah. In one piece at the end of the day. Okay. Um, okay. And to make sure that it meets your budget and your timeline. And and if it can't do those things, to be honest with you about it and say, no, there's no way in hell you can do this. Go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. And that happened up in college. I mean, that was the – you guys mm -hmm. probably pushed that to every limit you could to access that little piece of heaven to make your film. And oh, and Travis is not an easy guy to say no to. Oh, he's persistent. He's driven. Mm -hmm. he, he's a visionary mm -hmm. um you know he's literally the best in the world at what he does oh, yeah. um yep. and um he doesn't he doesn't like to fail he doesn't want to fail 
Um, and he really doesn't want to fail because somebody's telling him no. Yeah. So Yeah, extra motivation. Probably. <laughs> this doesn't play for audio, but I can probably show you guys a couple of photos from out there. Um, yeah, so that's what fourth, I do. Now, now I do a lot of one-off stuff. Um, you know, I think I told you before we started here, I'm at least, I don't know if it'll actually happen, but I've been asked to put together a plan to do super ultra cold weather uh, training you, you location touched for on the it. Na- right for before the, for we the Navy hit the SEALs. record button, you touched on it. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Elaborate a little bit on that. Like, what I, is? I, I actually is that a day ha- job now. I mean, I don't have a lot to elaborate on. Okay. Uh, other than <laughs> that, I get a lot of random projects. You know. So okay. This is for the Navy SEALs. They want to do forty below cold weather training, survival, like that type of thing. But you know, they don't want to come in on the front end and dick around with setup. So I'll yeah. go set up a location for them and leave and then let them go yeah. crawl around and shoot it, shit in the cold and then come back and clean it up. Uh, or, you know, I get a call and say, all right, well, there's a Belgian crew that wants to go from the Pacific Ocean to the Arctic Ocean. And, you know, can we do that? And is there a local crew that you can bring to bear? Or uh, And then I do a um, certain amount of photography. You know, yeah. like I make a certain mm-hmm. amount of living with my camera. Um, yeah. I get the occasional feature in National Geographic when you're lucky and yeah. um, do some catalog work and a lot of landscape work and a lot of mountain. Like if you, my Instagram is nothing but a mountains it, but and mountains and mountains. It's a love, yeah. it's a love affair with mountains. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of mountains. Yeah. Uh, Owens never sleeps is the Instagram guys. Yeah. You definitely got to go check out a bunch of these yeah. pictures of, uh, there's one really uh, well, cool. I, I bet you look at mountains just different than the average person. I mean, you're looking at it like, oh, man, someone could probably hit that or someone could do that or we could climb that or I'd never yeah. fuck with that. See, Whereas, like, the average person just looks in awe, like, ooh, that looks crazy. Whereas yeah. you're probably like, um, this looks like we could probably do something here. Yeah, I, I, I look at the elemental, the elemental end of, of mountains – uh, is what fascinates me. I, I think that mountains uh, speak to me in a way that almost nothing else does. They speak of power, power mm. that you can feel in your bones, mm-hmm. um, the power of formation, like the incredible amount of earth energy that it took to push those fuckers up right out of the ground. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the power of... Um, potential energy of all the snow locked in there just waiting to come down and it will mm-hmm. with, with the force of 10,000 sticks of dynamite on every slope and then the life-sustaining power of the snow that is held there that comes down eventually melts feeds the freshwater systems powers all of our lives recycles goes back up into the air comes back down into the mountains again Without them, we're fucked. Mm. We're super fucked. And every face has a story. Every face has a face. Mm. Every face has a face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. They are incredible, especially when you get a chance to go out and and live in them yep. for a couple of days. Yeah. Yep. And be reminded how unforgiving they are and how, how minuscule you are in the grand scheme. Yeah. 
Man. Well, while you look those up, we'll give a quick shout out to the, some of the sponsors here. Uh, Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold damage, post-emergency cleaning, remodeling, and the aftermath, including burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime day or night. Give them a call on Anchorage, Eagle River, Matt, Sewer, Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Treehouseak.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask their bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off the treehouse where the culture lives. Serrano's Mexican Grill. Since 2008, Serrano's Anchorage's own new generation of old casino. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display traditional flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, Serrano salsas, carne asada marinades, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience the tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights. The tequila bar is at both locations now. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Man. Those are those look. They look fake, man. Jeez. See the face on the face. The face on the face. See his mouth. Yep. Yep. So we're looking at some pictures of of Chris's of we before we did the ad reads. We're talking about the face on the face, like a literal, mm-hmm. literal face mm-hmm. on the face of the mountain. Mount yep. Mount Marcus Baker. That's not, that? that's, that's not Marcus Baker. That's not Marcus Baker. It's near there. But okay. Yeah. Right by the area. So I, d- I did do a project on Marcus Baker, or actually right next to Marcus Baker this last spring with uh, yeah. Jeremy Jones and Raphael Pays, um, an area called Mount Thor, which is the second highest peak in the Chugach. Okay. Um, and those guys pulled off a sub zero trip in June. Um, you know, Jeremy called me and he's like, Owens, I, I got some time coming together here. Um, and uh, I want to come to Alaska. And I said, when? And he said, tomorrow. You're bringing your crew? And he's like, yeah, where, where can we go? It's like, oh, shit. Like, you don't even know where you're going. Okay, let's figure this out. <laughs> the, the, it, what do you need? He's like, I don't know. It depends on where we're going, but I'm sure you have it. <laughs> so, all right. Here's one. There's two airplanes in there. I know this doesn't work for for podcasts. It's okay. Yeah. They're listening. We can embed these into the yeah. in the video. Totally. So you were able to swing it? Were you able to get them up here? Yeah, we got her done. Oh, I yeah. see. I see the other one now. Yeah, there's two of them. Yeah. How does it, something like that happen Jesus so soon? Christ. I mean, there's just a reliable source in every angle of all that. That's the, logistics that's the idea. Like, I mean, I have a lot of their stuff too. Like I, okay. the, the TGR fantasy camp lives in my bat case. Oh, okay. Um, so you have all that equipment already to just throw up and I think we got to connect that to the TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I mean, you display that to up to there? We'll connect that up there to get that going. You can text so it to people me. can see it. How do we connect that? Um, Is there an airplay? Yeah. It'll just go to uh, like display. I'm pulling this off a of Dropbox right now. I'm not positive that I can. 
We'll see if we can get it going here so people that are watching on YouTube can uh, see it. Well, and it's pretty crazy that you actually had the weather that cooperated for you to do it, too. I mean, even put it all together in such a short... Well, we did some sitting around. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, waiting around for the right... There's okay. always some sitting around, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, which actually is really bad for the liver in general rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Let me see that. Maybe yeah. I'll be able to... It's a whiskey thing. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of, lot of morning yeah. breakfast beers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love breakfast beers. <laughs> Some caribou calls about seven thirty a.m. Oh, I know what we can do here. <laughs> well, you know the thing is, is you've been doing it. You've been doing mountain stuff this long. You meet and get to know and mm. uh, the best, the best people in the world. And, and really, that's what it's all about in the long run. Is you know you share experiences with people that are as honest as it gets whether it's good or bad, mm. you know, sometimes things go to shit and it's bad. You know, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, you know, the mountains provide a superior life, but they charge a heavy tax in the lives of really good people. Like part of this journey for me has been losing a lot of friends. Oh, a, a, a lot of friends like a couple a year <laughs> right you know, man. on 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 the reg you know we had a terrible accident here in alaska last year and all those guys were my friends mm. um you know it's it's um and, and it never you know frequency doesn't diminish the power of the feelings to go with that um so you know, the mountains giveth and the mountains taketh away. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I thought I'd be able to find how you can display this thing. I mean, it's kind of like you enter a realm where you are fully accepting that the risk involved for the what you get and take from it mm -hmm. in terms of, like, living life to the fullest, it's, like, worth it every time. It's, like... You put the coin in the yeah. every time, you know, like mm. it's, yep. you know, it, you're gambling and, and human nature, man, we're gamblers, man. <laughs> I'd say more than I more. I don't know, but I thought I knew what to do there, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, maybe if you send it to Brandon though, he could throw it up there. Yeah. yeah. If can, you just airdrop it to him. I can show yeah, you. Know, you do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. I can just give you a link to the folder, and then you can buzz through. There we go. Yeah? That'll work. Okay. That I think I can do. You was doing that? I thought you could go. We did before we put the phone to the TV, but I don't remember what the... Yeah, what you got to mirror it. It's, yeah, sometimes it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. So, Chris, do you get to ride much? Uh, You know, I haven't been in the last couple of years. I Yeah, I rode my ass off for decades yeah i mean uh, lately i guess i i guess what i'm getting at I I, I I sneak in some touring turns every once in a while but right now i i've been on kind of the injured reserve list <laughs> the ir uh, for, uh, <laughs> type your your thing in there yeah um you. uh you know i've got that's a good one man I, i've got i've got three ruptured discs oh and shit. i'd like to continue to walk um <laughs> so i'm i'm a little bit 
I'm a little bit um, more selective uh, about when I go out and how I go out. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you got to gotta kind of save your reserves, you know, for, for yeah. me. For me, I'm going to try that one. There you go. Uh, for me, these days, it's uh, about getting ready for the fall and moose hunting and, mm-hmm. and caribou hunting and getting off the grid in other ways. Yeah. Because I know that when I finish that moose hunt and I compress these these uh, uh, discs, I'm not going to be able to feel my arms for several weeks and <laughs> just, that's how it is i mean that's just gonna the, like you know, just you sacrifice d- just pure yeah, hell you, you, you <laughs> just, <laughs> the older you get the less and less you're on the sharp end and and you, you know i told you that i want to be dave hamry when i grow up and mm-hmm. well dave was wise you know dave got off the sharp end early r- really pretty early and gave the vet best advice that anybody could ever give and and you know i think that um these days that's a lot of what i have to offer is is you know i know how to get things done i i I know how to disappear and i know how to make other people disappear and make sure that they come back (sighs) and that they accomplish their goals and it doesn't really matter if it's if it's going out and you know in whites and making sure that people get into polar bears or that they can pull big the ice cores that they want out of glacial terrain for a science project or to do military training or to do film work. I love doing film work. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but in the end, it all boils down to the same core and it's about getting the fuck out of Dodge mm. and, uh, disappearing and, and going someplace that is authentic and wild and real and, and all those types of things. And, uh, you know, the, the post, the post Chugach Powder Guides Epic Quest Life really provided a lot for me for that. You know, it's and sometimes you deal with just douches, mm. but you still end up being in real places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you for paying for me to be yeah. here yeah. today. Uh, you know, okay. So I'll be retreating to the edge of camp now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be over here. But yeah, you know, like I, I got paid to set these guys up to do the copper and recreate the Abercrombie mission down the copper mm. uh, from Slana to the Million Dollar Bridge in a wooden dory. Like That's who, what who gets to do that? <laughs> right? Like, you know, yeah. and the, I mean, the, my question the is, how do they, how do they know that, you, how do they contact you? Do they know, like, <laughs> is it just word of mouth? Because a, a if, you, if you go to your Instagram or any of your, your, your website and stuff like that, it's, you're not like no, you advertising find, you any of that of stuff. That. It's, it's just like, it, you're like a bit the of secret a man behind the scenes there. It's behind the scenes. It's thing. a network. There's certain things that, um, you know, like location scouts, want to do and certain things that they don't want to put their hands on and mm. those are usually things somebody goes <laughs> yeah why don't, yeah. Talk, why don't you talk to owens he's dumb enough to yeah. <laughs> i know a guy to, call to this guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i have you know access oh, you don't call to, Chris on that one. to um to a um equally stupid group of professionals that are usually willing to engage on making those types of things happen so, yeah yeah um, I, I want to get into um, you. You brought up the National Geographic thing on on 
getting a photo in with those guys mm-hmm. is that like something you're you're submitting something to them and you're like this this is a cool shot or is it something where they're like they find you or i've had i've had it happen both ways like somehow uh they found one of my uh african shots in namibia of a place called datively which are just uh means the dead marsh Mm -hmm. uh and it's this white clay pan in the middle of the namib desert uh with these petrified acacia trees and you know thousand meter dunes surrounding the whole thing uh and they found one of my shots i i think um probably through your shot i submit a certain amount of stuff to your shot which is a national geographic submission thing okay and i've I've won your shot a few times with Mm. different different shots but not that one Oh, but okay. they it got them going through my stuff and yeah. they, they ended up taking taking that one and then they um I had sent through a mutual contact who said, Hey, you gotta you gotta send these guys this shot, one that I call Mordor. Um, but it's it was actually in the scouting process for the fourth phase. I did a lot of flying around in the Aleutian Islands. And uh, ended up on Unamak Island, and there's a, a mountain there called Isonotsky. And um, the locals call it Ragged Jack. And so that's Mordor. So they picked up that one right there. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's like straight... Um uh, Mordor, yeah, that's Lord like the, what Lord it is. Lord of the Rings, like that's yeah. where they made the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Isonotsky, yeah, Isonotsky <laughs> and uh, Shishaldin are within nine miles of each other, and Shishaldin's the biggest volcano mm. on the train. It's a perfect. We gotta find uh, a It's way a perfect c- on that cinder, yeah. cinder cone. Well, I'd, these are all in that link yeah. that you just mm-hmm. sent yourself. So yep, if you yep, can yep. figure that out, I'm working on it. Um. And, uh, yeah, so you've got Isonotsky, Ursha Shalden, which is this perfect cinder cone, and uh, uh, Isonotsky, which is a stratovolcano, so it's had the shit blown out of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all, like, pinnacled out. And um, Are you, like, in a helicopter it, when you take that shot there? I was in a uh, Piper Comanche. Okay. And at that time... Um, uh pavlov was exploding and so i diverted that airplane and we went and circled pavlov as it was erupting and blowing blowing its stack oh my goodness yeah and so i got a chance so yeah cnn picked up all that all that stuff Mm. um must have been nerve-wracking huh flying around that thing it was really cool you know like you don't often get a comanche to yourself you know with a camera and and uh and the time and budget to go yeah man make another circle yeah yes yeah, so stay out of the cloud yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't get it don't get in the ash and that you know that's the great thing about uh, about like so the fourth phase was a four-year project but i worked on it for a four, full year just scouting uh before anybody else became involved and so oh. 
you know, they were at one point focusing on Atu and wanting to ride some of the mountains out on Atu. And it's like, you guys, that's, that's way out there. Like, you can't just take a helicopter out there. You, you could park a boat with a heli deck, maybe. But if you didn't want to commit to a boat with a heli deck, we'd have to find some way to get the helicopters out there. So we're talking about, like, you know, there's an old military strip there. You'd get a smaller airplane, and you'd drop a bunch of people in there to prepare an airstrip, and then you'd take in, like, a C-130 with two helicopters disassembled in the back, find a way to put that C-130 on skis and jam it in there. <laughs> and 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 their response to something like that, I mean, like, they're a company who sent a dude into space for a publicity stunt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they dove uh, you down. know, like so. You know, you deal with you know most of the companies, Warren Miller, TGR, Matchstick, you know, whoever have very real budget <laughs> limitations, right? Yeah, and you know, Red Bull's like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's really hard? Yeah, 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 dude. We it's really hard. That. Tell me well, more. Well, that's there's a story in that itself. Can you go down that road? Can you find me a C-130 on skis? We'll fund you for another six months to chase this down. You know, that's a great, you know, mm. when you're in the logistics business and, yeah. and like, ma trying to figure how, out how to make how big, wild visions oh. happen, those are the kind of people you want to work with. You know, it's great. And, and to go all the way down that road and then for them to go, like, eh. <laughs> yeah. okay yeah thanks yeah. yeah okay i think we've chased this down as far as it can go and and to them that effort is worth it you know yeah. it's not a waste it's not like they bap you in the back of the head after that and go like yeah. that should have worked well that's where they find their masterpieces yeah. mm -hmm. well how, how yeah. do you find like your value in that i get paid to go to a lot of places that other people don't get to go yeah that's I mean, but my, how, my, how do, my how do whole you, life has been about getting other people to pay for the shit that I want to do. Got it. So mm. you've been like dealing with that for years. And so eventually now when big companies come, you can just be like, well, I have, I have a dream trip and I'm not doing it till I figure out how to get somebody else to pay for it. Got it. Oh, okay. Right. Got yeah. it. Got it. Right. Okay. Like I want to cover go, it to bring it back somehow to I just want somebody else to pay for it. it. I'll I will absolutely horror myself in a lot of ways <laughs> in, in order to make it happen. So pull I, the stockings up tight and just get yeah. out there or what? So, so yeah, I want to go to I'm going to start in Santiago, Chile. Mm -hmm. Right? Go work my way through Patagonia, fly fish my way through Patagonia. Okay. End up in Ushuaia, Argentina. Right? And there's a little there's a little sailboat there called the Australis. It's about a nine person boat and sail across the Drake Passage. So you already got the boat in mind. Oh yeah, yeah, I know how to do this. <laughs> this is fully <laughs> mapped out. Yeah, I know. I just have to sell it, right? <laughs> and and then uh, sail across the Drake Passage in in the Australis. Go ski tour. Uh, you know, three thousand foot rides and ski down into penguins and leopard seals mm. right mm. and ski tour around antarctica in the antarctic spring wow and then do the whole thing in reverse mm. right go back to ushuaia and then ski tour around there then go fly fish my way back through patagonia and end up back in santiago chile I know exactly what to do. I know all of the pieces. I know everything that needs to happen. I just have to get somebody to pay for it. 
Yep. Gotcha. Just need the check written. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a rather uh, expensive endeavor. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's <laughs> some options there. I mean, it could be yeah. you know, any kind of fishing. And there's a, is there are folks or? out there that know that you're wanting to do this? and, and Oh, yeah. I won't <laughs> shut up about it. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you're telling us about it. Like, maybe well, someone's going to hear know. it here. <laughs> Might get some no, rich like, guy in Europe. He's going to call you right up and... It's no, going I, down. I I know the dude to get me through Patagonia. Like I okay. I know yeah. I know yeah. exactly how to do this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what's Red Bull got to say? You want to give them the full? Is it enough up their alley? It's not extreme yeah. enough, maybe? Or uh, you got to get the right personalities involved. The timing has to be right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's always in competition with other projects and. Yeah. Can you just it, like some wicked you know, my, races or my my <laughs> little travel orgasm is not necessarily somebody's best film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they got their own ideas. Yeah, your idea that. of it. Yeah. So what are we looking at here at this picture? I know that you showed me that on the phone. We got the two planes. Uh so you're looking at a formation uh up off of the Harvard Glacier and that peak up there is the backside of marcus baker oh right okay and so these dragon spines are just um uh dragon spines they are yeah you look at the way they dragons like exist and then and then it takes you a little while to see it but there's a second super cub so as as we worked in oh, this I area see he's, he's coming at us always tail to us okay yeah. okay and so you know our protocol because as I alluded to earlier, it's all about repeatable safety protocols that not only get your other people home, but get yourself home mm-hmm. um, after every trip. Otherwise, it wasn't a good trip. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you don't go home, it's uh, not a good trip. No. So, so we always, <laughs> things up. Uh, my partner Ted and I always flew out there in separate Super Cubs. And so you literally have a wingman. Yeah. One of us mm-hmm. in each plane, uh, one of us with uh our own with a pilot we're in the back of those planes so that we can concentrate on shooting yeah Mm -hmm. right you're photographing the living hell out of everything so they can go in and analyze it all later and then we're landing specific spots doing snow science digging pits stopping breathing eating having a shot of whiskey sure um and soaking it you up know, well just scratching your head you know you, yeah. you got to go go you know objective a objective b objective c yeah. like, can we do yeah. it here can we do it run here? through all the here? scenarios right and no no and then sometimes it's like huh, let's get out of here yeah <laughs> 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 you know, like, start the engines let's go <laughs> right so uh that uh the the red plane was our friend austin johnson who flew out there with us a lot and then um uh ben knapp is in the white super cub both of them incredibly ta- talented pilots and and unfortunately we lost ben about uh two years ago oh so. mm, terrible sorry to hear yeah. that what do you um for the f- photo photography uh geeks out there what are you shooting these epic pictures on uh, I was shooting uh, most iPhone of these. Seven or <laughs> I was shooting most of these on a, a Nikon D eight hundred. Okay, and I've I I still have my trusty old girl, but I I shoot a lot of mirrorless these days. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so you can flip through those. Yeah, let's there's, go through there's a lot yeah, yeah, from yeah. that area. Um, so so this was in um, you guys were looking. Prince, at, that's Prince William Sound near. So far gone. 
Oh, okay. Um, okay. In College Fjord. Got it. Got it. What a beautiful day you guys headed out there. Oh, yeah. We, we were out there once a week, all winter long, for four years. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. And were you Just guys landing somewhere over there to do some science? All over the place. Yeah, we, we, we had about a dozen and a half different potential objectives out there in case so far gone itself wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it won't let me scroll through them here. I don't know what to tell you, my man. Yeah. But that's all Prince William Sound. Those are those epic peaks you see just glistening in the edge. I mean, you can see these when you're coming in from Montague. Yeah. I mean, it's just... So you guys were flying around these looking for spots to ski. Well, we knew what the spots were. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's a matter of repeatedly collecting data on the same spots. And because it's not, it doesn't help you to know what it looks like right now. Mm. Um, you got to know mm. what it looked like in January and in mid-January and in late January and February. So that you have some idea what kind of monster might be lurking underneath the beautiful surface that you're looking at right now. Uh, um, gotcha, gotcha. You know, What's so, building on that? Yeah, so you're, you're, you're recording go. conditions all the way through the year you're uh looking you're you're recording things in a manner like we are out there long before it's viable even potentially viable to be out there with the crew and oh ride anything so that you know when you're looking at it in march we Mm. ought to be looking a couple of meters down for this kind of layer because we know that it was like this yeah back then because we were standing on that crunchy yeah, when Bullshit. it rained this yeah. time, did it heal? Did, it, back did up. it not heal? And and um, you know, if you don't do that all the time, uh, you, you get to a point, you know, at this age in my career where you know I'm not doing that every day, so I'm bringing somebody with me that d- is doing that every day. Okay, you know, you can't if you Are get you a little out of would you say like out of practice? Maybe no. I mean, it's but. it's just something that you either do every day or you don't do it. Right, and mm-hmm. so you may still have the knowledge, but yeah, the basics. You damn well, better you you damn well better be humble about it, and and so, mm-hmm. Ted Purdy is is my go to guy for for that kind of stuff these days because he's still very much on the sharp end of the spear. Yeah, nice. And, you know, it, you you either live on the sharp end or you give it up. Yeah, and there's no in between. Uh there's no gray area. No. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't don't fuck around with the rules. There's like these basic, uh, ba- basic like laws basic of prin- like, principles of operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's great to know because I mean, quite frankly, these people are hiring you to secure their experience and their lives. I'm sure there's obviously certain things you were doing where everybody understands the risk involved. Mm-hmm. including the client because you probably wouldn't have qualified for such a adventure if he wasn't experienced enough or in in that realm yeah right yeah but, it, it, you know in film work it's a little different because mm-hmm. you have you're not going to go into the mountains and tell jeremy jones what he can do mm. you're not going to go mm-hmm. tell travis rice what he can do Right, because they are superhuman beings, basically, who are con- who are capable of w- way more than the average human. Mm. 
And so it's not your place to do that. It's your place to say, all right, this area is going to act like this. Don't get yourself in here. Don't fuck up in this area because if you do, we can't get your body till May. Got it. Right. Condition um, predictions. Kind of yeah. gave them those options too. Yeah. Like, and, you know. and, well, and then and then to add a sanity buffer. Like you have this ability, but your sound guy only has this. Ability. Oh, <laughs> only has right. this uh, has this ability, and and you know a lot of times dealing with professional athletes, they can get very myopic and get tunnel vision about what it is that they want to accomplish and how it is that they're going to do that and forget that there's a guy with an 80 pound pack that has to hang his ass off a cliff to take a picture of it right yeah. or, mm-hmm. or and you got to get that person out of there and safely back to camp yeah before nightfall and you know mm-hmm. at this time of year like out there dealing with incredibly short days oh my goodness um crazy and, and so that's that's the job right there is hoovering all of the details and making some semblance of order and a plan out of it and being willing to look at somebody who desperately does not want to hear you say no and yeah. say, no, so, man, I'm so when, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. When these are, for when, anybody. Yeah. When these ideas like come up, is this something that um, whoever the, the crazy guy is Travis or whoever it is, is it, he's like, Hey, I'm looking for something new. Do you have any ideas? Or is he like already had this in mind? And he's like, who can come do the pregame legwork to make it happen? The, or are these guys being approached all the time? Like, Hey, have you thought about this? And this is kind of crazy. This would be cool. Yeah. It, it depends in this particular circumstance. This was something that Travis knew about. They had in his mind, you know, the whole idea in this film is to tell the story of the hydrologic cycle starting in Tahiti mm. Mm. and the story of water and its ultimate terminus. And so you're following this uh, North Atlantic current through uh, Tahiti, uh, Japan, the Kuro Mountains in Russia, and culminating in Prince William Sound, Alaska, which is where it culminates. Yeah. And um you know jimmy chin worked on this mm-hmm. uh, film with us and uh you know we really we really had a hell of an all- all-star crew and it was a vision and a story that travis himself desperately wanted to tell yeah uh and then the crew kind of comes together you know mm. who's good at this who's good at that yeah who's available uh, and then there's usually a couple of people that are pervasive glue throughout the entire span of the years that it takes to make it. And a lot of the other people in and out are very transient. You know, they're in for 18 days and they're gone. You mm. know? So, yeah. So there's a mixed bag of a core group that maybe kind of cycles through or rotates out through that the culmination of that process and then there's mm-hmm. like smoke jumpers are just like in and out of there is that kind of the constant cycle sure. of something like that sure yeah like that's not a bad analogy like you've got your smoke jumpers who are yeah in and out doing the job but you have your hazard communications people who work it all year long mm-hmm. and you have your budget people who work it all year long mm-hmm. and make sure that yeah. the smoke jumpers have everything that they need and that there's a way to get them out right, right. because the smoke jumper doesn't say um uh, what are the details of my extraction vehicle? 
Yeah. They're, right. They're like, just, what did that cost you, my, and where yeah. did it come from? Like, they want to know that it's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Accomplish their goal. Get in and yeah. out of there. And, and through all of the heaviness, you have the most fucking fun you've ever had in your life. Yeah. And we played uh. full-scale hockey games in ice caves in the middle of glacial terrain in the mountains. Oh, that's awesome. You know, like... You flew, you flew the crew in there and like... Let's get an otter full of hockey gear and instruments and, <laughs> and beer. Yeah. And beer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we flew over this little cave. Let's check this thing out. Right, yeah. Let's, oh, it's oh, totally flat there's... in there. Let's play hockey. I have a great idea. Let's play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everybody hit the brakes. This is going to take two days to pull this shit together. Okay, we're playing hockey. Yeah. Oh, man, God. So the, the behind-the-scenes experiences and things that... Um, you ex- that you went through with this is like more than maybe the film itself, right? Like, I mean, it's oh, definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. There's just like living life and life experiences, things that you just can't like script. And yeah, and they, and you know that's kind of the disappointment in a finished product mm. because it it doesn't. You wish you could share with the world what your experience in that yeah was, and it's not the same story. Yeah, mm. you know, if you're going to do a film, it has to have an arc, it has to have a beginning, it, it has to have some kind of crescendo, it has to have an end with a specific prescribed feeling to it. And how are you going to accomplish that? And in the meantime, over that four or five year time span, you've got all of these humps and valleys and crushing blows and like. Travis had two major injuries within those four years, and, you know, he Ooh. fell off a 100-foot cliff. Um, you know, like, and, and, you know, you're looking at your friend and going, like, oh, my God, is he going to come back? What's, you know, what's going on here? And all of those things, none of those stories ever get told. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, mm. know, you know, about the beauty of the bone broth that you've cooked up for this person that's going to heal him. That doesn't ever make the that doesn't, doesn't make the show. Make, ever make the video. The show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's got to be great. so many hundreds and hundreds of hours of video that never makes the show. Oh, I mean, just insane oh, yeah. amount of. Oh yeah, well, it's all saved <laughs> somewhere too, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's there. I'm the sure ar- there'll be a massive documentary at some the, time. The yeah. archive of the. Uh, uh, so far gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, you, I mean, in a lot of ways you get the, you get the same kinds of really authentic, uh, life shots and things that aren't that big budget and epic. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best times I ever had was doing a shoe catalog with this guy named Floris von Bommel. He's a, shoe manufacturer out of the Netherlands and he travels the world with his homies and he's his own star in his catalogs right and he looks like James Bond (laughs) right and and they're like yeah we're gonna hire you to just take us all over Alaska and we're gonna shoot our, our our shoe catalog and you know let's set a loose plan and then take diversions and yeah whatever and you know like oh fuck I get a blank card to take you guys wherever I want in Alaska. Really? Is that how this is going to work? <laughs> hey, okay. sign me up. Let's 
I'll yeah. make those shoes look good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you right in the right angle over here next to this glacier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like totally with it. Like, like yes. his photographer and his producer wow, are also his best friends. Right. Yeah. And so he's got his own little entourage, Flores. So we're in Toke. <laughs> we're in Toke. And there's a bar there called the Husky. Oh, yeah. Right. And we're in the Husky and shooting some pool and getting kind of hammered. And there's this guy in there, and he looks like Chilkoot Charlie, right? He's got the white beard. Yeah. He's, oh. got, he's got the, the bright. The guy that should be living in Toke? Yeah he's, yeah, he's got the bright red nose, you know, full alcohol-enhanced skin. <laughs> and his Make America Great Again shirt. And he gets the wind that we're shooting something. And he says, hey, uh, what... Uh, what kind of movie are you boys making? <laughs> and Flores, without missing a beat in his European accent, says, Well, uh, we are we are shooting gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy this guy <laughs> right, this guy stops <laughs> This guy stops for a second and he looks at Flores and he looks at me and he looks at the bartender and he says, Yep. I like that. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, and then he looks at the bartender. And he says, "Hey, hey, uh, boy, buy these boys around a duck fart." <laughs> and then you got a European florist who's like, "And uh, what is a duck fart?" <laughs> it's just like it's just ridiculous moments. That are part of an authentic experience, right? Oh, you can't yeah. replicate them. Oh, you can't man. predict yeah. them. Yeah, you, you can't. Just sticks in there with you. Yeah. <laughs> is is duck fart? Is that a uniquely Alaskan shot? Because, I, you know, I'm not a duck fart expert. I'm not either. But every uh, time I've, I mean, back in the days I when think I used I to had do some like, in high school, probably. But yeah, I don't know, man. I've I've brought it up in Lake, different Lake places. Lake Lodge, man. That's where we. That's like our drink of the at the, the lodge. The duck fart. Duck farts, yeah. Just keep them coming. The Irish cream and the the whiskey. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I haven't and, had a duck and fart and butterscotch schnapps. Or it's a fun. Right? It's a fun yeah. drunk, man. Duck fart? Yeah, it's like a warm lodgy, like yeah, it's very lodgy bar, um, road roadhouse yeah. shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you would jump off your snow machine and go into the lodge and have a duck fart. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> just kind of goes hand in hand, right? All the listeners everywhere outside of Alaska, like, what, what the are fuck the is fuck a they duck fart? About, dude, dude, actually, look it up real quick. I, yeah, I want to say I've been places and they're like, "What in the fuck is that?" They never even heard of it. Bartenders never heard of it. Oh what it says right there. Why is okay. Oh what the I'm fuck sorry. is a duck fart? Have <laughs> yeah, at it. We're gonna we're gonna rabbit hole here under the duck fart dude. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> duck fart shot. Da, da, da. Kalua. Okay, shot. Kalua, Bailey's go back to what it, what it is. Uh I fucked it up. <laughs> it's a fun and tasty layered drink for parties. Yes. Oh, it is very layered. Man, I haven't had one I I'd probably say at least ten years. Dark part is layered with a shot of Kahlua, Bailey's Irish cream, and whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're really good at making them, they learn really nice like that. But you have to give it time to settle, too. Like you can't just like pour them up and drink them. They'll kind of okay, mix. so they put the Kahlua on the bottom, then they put the um, Bailey's, and then they put the whiskey. So it's like a triple-colored deal. 
yeah, all separated. Uh, I mean, I I can't say that I remember seeing one. In I've never one seen one like, like that. that. No, yeah, it's like mixed all. It's already they're not mixed serving up. them like that up at the pile. <laughs> or Lake Louise Lodge for that Or matter. Lake Louise Lodge Or any of these other lodges Oh man Just hit it and go Just like old Chilkoot Charlie's in Toke Right I'm not mad at duck farts <laughs> like, Of course you'd order duck farts Little codger <laughs> I like that Put in uh, Where is duck fart invented Oh my duck god Duck fart From where Or something like that uh, Duck fart uh, Um Uh, Where was the duck fire invented? Right there. Oh, I got the origin. A bar in Alaska. Fuck yeah, boys, huh? Dude. There's a said to have originated in a bar in Alaska on a slow night when the bartender and an older woman were testing recipes. The women drank a few here and these, and then came up with the name duck fart. The rest of the story goes that the woman had some well gassiness about her that she was quite <laughs> noisy about. <laughs> She's like, mix this up. Oh, hey, this is giving me gas. Guys, we got ranch and duck farts, okay, from wow, Alaska. Wow, dude. It is. See, I thought, because I've been to places and they've yeah. never heard of it. Well, I mean, back Alaska in like my 20s. Alaska invented ranch dressing and duck farts. Man, Hey, guys, you guys are epic out here, okay? Dude, Alaska's, that's it, man. The number four niner. Number what we, four that's niner. What we, that's what we do out here. Create shots. <laughs> Create shots. <laughs> and dip for your pepperoni pizza. <laughs> The duck fart, man, dude. Oh. I kind of want one of those. Yeah, you know, like it's one of those things where you like. That's what you're drinking tonight. Like you're gonna drink beers and shit, and then like ah, oh, round of those just comes through about twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the rest is history, and you know you got to be wearing wool socks and <laughs> have ice, <laughs> ice, uh, snow bite. You know, like uh, like frostbite esque <laughs> like streaks on your cheek. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. This, this oh, yeah. certain things you got to have when you're drinking those All things. All right. Did you read that there, Owen? <sighs> Originated in a bar, bar in Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> oh, yes, <yeah>. sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds about right, doesn't it? I think Chilka uh, Charlie like, probably yeah. made it up. Probably Sounds that right. bar up in Husky. Yeah, Husky. <laughs> I've never been, man. I don't think I've ever been to Tope. If I did, I was just a little kid, but I have never actually like been up there. To tote? That was yeah. where we used to go caribou hunting, me and my dad. Yeah. I've done the tote cutoff a lot. 40 mile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was just an ADAC, and I met the guy oh, who made Oh, broke who, the ice. Who, I want to talk about who that. Who manages the 40 mile herd. Okay. Okay. He's the manager for the 40 mile herd. And then the gal he was there with is the range master in Delta. And I was like, I'm so glad to meet both of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did he? Uh, gems. You might not know, but did he mention anything about the Nelchina herd, like going into that herd? Because that seems to be like the last couple of years. No, I, our discussions were more about his tug and pull with the Canadians. Oh, because because they're crossing over there and they're crossing back, right? And so the Canadians have one management philosophy, and Alaska has another management philosophy, and. It was a pretty interesting conversation. He was a pretty dialed-in dude. I wonder what Canada's take on that is or how they do I have that no thing. idea, actually. Well, seasons are pretty similar. Um, what did he say? Did he say? You know, I, actually, I had a lot of whiskey in my system. Okay, so I, I can't, I can't yeah. tell you exactly what yeah. he said, uh, but it, it sounds like a regular ongoing, you know, kind of tug and pull mm. yeah. where you, you've got 
very seasoned professionals on both sides dealing with the same issue and um you know it it seemed to me that the canadians were for let's say a larger percentage of preservation of the herd Mm. versus the alaskan pressure which is you know one of the only real road accessible caribou herds right and Mm. this a, a bit of a clamor in alaska to be able to get at that herd in a real way without mm. wiping it out and it's you know it's a balancing act for so sure so maybe we're can you pull that up the, real quick pull up the yeah. um 40 mile herd mi- migration we'll do um because i'm yeah. curious on the road access in canada to that herd is probably nil i don't know i know up here it's, it's very limited i mean it's i mean i guess in the big scheme of things it's limited here too but yeah i'm just curious on what what it shows and i know that there's a similar deal um i was talking to a sheep biologist and the same deal with like the fan and sheep the the sheep that are on the east coast of the brooks range that mm-hmm. will go into canada and back right and it's they have the same problems there yeah so he was yeah he was there hunting um birds emperor goose mm. and uh ptarmigan and ducks yeah but does it show a map? Yeah, big, I, was, uh, I was looking for it. They, they didn't have exactly that. Animals on the Wish move. Wish I'd known. I have looked into this years ago, but... Um, what if you got images? Uh, see if I can oh, there we it. go. There's a little map. Mm-hmm. Pull that colored one up in the middle. Right here? No, right above it. Up one. Yep, there. Yep. Get an expansion on this. Yeah, um, and I've never hunted that either, and I'm, I'm kind of good with it because it seems like it's too much. All the management behind it and everything, man, I'm just not. Well, we went on that float hunt. Into it. That, that would be cool. I mean, We that did seems, a moose float hunt our second yeah. year, second time we've done it up there in, in that area, and it's a registration caribou. And the first time we went, um, we were moose hunting, and we didn't know – that it was going to open for a registration caribou hunt. And we've just seen monster, huge caribou all over the place. And so we're like, all right, next time we're going to time it so that we can caribou hunt and then moose hunt. Cause that caribou, it like closes right on like the 30th or something. So we went early enough so we can be back in there. And of course we didn't see shit. We didn't see, we saw five caribou <laughs> this and season. Yeah, yeah. This season, this year. Um, you know that's how it goes it seems like everything's kind of moving around like switching up it's where they're at and oh it's always with caribou it's always about where they're at i mean yeah yeah adac we got our asses kicked yeah let's get into that adac yeah yeah. i want to know well this is 2021 you did this was this this december okay oh very recent yeah a few weeks ago is that is that the season is it any time? Uh, you know, I, I think it starts becoming viable around Thanksgiving. Okay. And, um, you know, as presented. So I have a hunting, I have a couple of hunting partners, um, and they're both also Chris's. They're, oh, the triple so Chris's? Or Chris what? Owens, Chris Gills, and Chris McMichael, and we are Chris Cubed. Chris Cubed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Chris Gills' dad delivered me. When I was born. Okay. So he he is my oldest friend. Uh, And Chris McMichael has been my friend for like 25 years. 
All right. And so we always hunt together. And Gills had been trying to get me to do an ADAC thing for a few years. And um, the original target was Thanksgiving, but I decided that I would like to continue to live and not abandon my wife on Thanksgiving. There you go. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Done that before and it doesn't really go over well. Nope. Yeah, I did that. Going once. hunting on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I family's not exactly excited about that. No, yeah, not. I, I great made experience. A, an emergency heard a lot about scramble it. home from a moose hunt for the birth of my second child, which was also very unpopular. Yeah, sparing <laughs> at that time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, boys, we're getting in the raft right now. <laughs> We got to gotta go. go. We have to go. It's dark. I don't care. <laughs> I, I just I am, got. I am happy message. to leave you here. Yeah, you coming or you're staying. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, Gills have been trying to trying to get me to go for a couple of years, and finally said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, fucking hey, let's go do it." And like all caribou hunting, it's a matter of where the herd is, mm. and so there's a certain amount of that island in the winter that's accessible, and a certain amount that's not. Oh, okay. And, and so, you know, the idea is that when it gets cold and the wind starts blast and they head for the side of the island, which is the north side of the island, with some topography to it where they can get in the, Blocks lee, where they can get in the lee of something. Can you pull up a map of it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had no expectations because we didn't know our way around. Uh, we found a duplex to rent and a truck to rent. And so you're working uh kind of road systems around there that you know you have visibility on this side of things from this point of the road mm -hmm. and visibility from this side of things from this point in the road and go down by the water and you can see up and you're looking up draws and the whole thing but you're doing a lot of it by truck until you decide to climb right and start heading into the alpine on foot so looking at the map do the majority of people go into whatever they the, that main village is yeah, 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 for sure. Which is where on there? This is on the north side of the island. Okay. Right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, in that zone right there. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, we ended up spending our time kind of in the Alpine. Okay, you can move okay. that up, you can yeah. move that up yeah, there. Yeah, in the Alpine up here. Okay. That, okay. That seems like it's almost the only Alpine on that, on that yeah, island. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of flat, so. It's only like mountainous area. Yeah, one of these. What is that, like 3,500, 4,000 foot tops? Not even that? Not even that. Yeah. It's got snow on it. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy going in the world. I mean, it depends on your view of mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 well, this is a fun hill. <laughs> Was there a face on that face? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we spent, you, you know, there space? was kind of a constant, maybe 60 knot wind. That was, oh, the, that fuck. was the calm. It's calm right now. It's only 60 knots. Yeah. Oh, so and then the question ripping. is what's mixed into it. Is it water? Is it slush? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, just like it was a weather hammering that was really impressive, which yeah. was, which was basically my entire year. Like I got skunked on moose this year for the first time in 13 years. Same thing. Just volumes of water from the sky and oh, really? trees breaking at, at 80 feet up, you know, from wind and oh, man. shredded camps. And oh, you know, shit. sometimes it's your turn to just get humbled. Yeah. And this is, yeah. this has that been my it. year, you know, uh, I know about but that. After, after yeah, lots we did, of success, we, I'm sure, you know. I mean. We were there for seven days, 
you know, there's flights in on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. And we did a lot of climbing, a lot of plowing through the wind, a lot of plowing through the rain. Um, and, you know, ADAC, you don't like the weather, wait six minutes. Oh, or six, six seconds. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. <laughs> just such just flies it's through there. Super dynamic. You know, it, it's like Tahiti without the warmth. You know, you oh. just see these systems coming in, and you can look at your friend and go, and we're going to get schwacked in five, four, three, <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then it's just like plastering the side of your face. Uh, and, you know, so we spent, you know, the first two or three days just getting the lay of the land. Uh, you know, everything that I do uh, is also a photography trip. Uh, so I, I pack my heavy gear with me all the time. Like I gave up carrying small cameras years ago. Oh, so just started bringing the big guns all the time? I have a pack that I call the Angry Midget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it comes with me wherever I go, and it pays how off. Mu- how much know, does it weigh? Uh, <laughs> it, it's probably... On about, average. It, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> Without all of the extraneous shit for uh, the hunting weight versus versus like a helicopter assisted weight or something like that is probably twenty five pounds. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. The, the so helicopter assisted weight where you're doing nothing but working with gravity is eighty pounds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Because you got all your survival shit in there and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. As well. Uh, so we we finally can't like basically the herd was elsewhere. It was elsewhere on the island. There was nobody driving around town with um, caribou in the back of their trucks, right? It, it was, was there a lot of pressure? Like you get I, out there? And oh fuck! The first day that we were there, I almost laughed. <laughs> oh, you're like, well, there's all these fucking guys. Oh, out here. I climbed up into this big into this big bowl, which was a fair hike, and Chris stayed behind. He was glassing something else. He said. You know, if I see some action up that way, I'll come climb to where you are. I was like, all right, well, I'm on it. I'm going to go disappear. And so I climbed up into this bowl and parked myself in the lee of a peak and mm-hmm. went all the way to a peak and parked myself behind it. And I start looking around, and all of a sudden, I start picking out other dudes in camo. Oh, and I'm man. like, and it's in this one bowl, and I picked out 11 other dudes with guns. I was like, holy shit, if caribou show up here, I'm not going for it. I'm going to duck. That's <laughs> <laughs> to be World War II. Out here. <laughs> yeah, like, holy shit, it's going to be Swiss cheese caribou. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that happens as the flight comes in and everybody starts going to the closest stuff possible. And, mm. and we didn't see that kind of pressure once we started going deeper and other people spread out. And yeah. some of them may have been locals who just had the weekend. Um, All right, yeah. and, yeah. Then, they, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they had to go yeah. to work or or whatever. Um, and so you know, we worked it. We worked it hard. We did a lot of climbing. We covered a lot of territory. Saw shit tons of eagles. Um, I watched an eagle get slammed down in the water by the wind. Really, like ass over tea kettle, like just took it totally down. king of the sky, looking badass, <laughs> and then just. Like, Bam! Just oh, slammed it. Oh my God! What? Oh, what oh, you're taking my picture. Is that, is that the picture you're of the eagle tick. that was 
like chest deep in the water yeah. right there yeah oh, okay. I, I, that's, I was, on, that's I was on my instagram yeah. yeah yeah i was like what is that eagle doing in the water like oh, that he got his ass kicked and he was just like pull that up real quick he, yeah yeah he, dude he finally oh got God. out of the water and then he perched on a rock and looked at me like i'm gonna find a way to kill you was it that close oh yeah he was right there like we watched it happen and chris's comment was like oh shit he's in trouble like we were considering diving into the water and saving an eagle yeah <laughs> uh, oh. well there's hey, no that's caribou. American thing to do. No, no caribou around you yeah <laughs> what else are we gonna <laughs> do let's go get wet on adac <laughs> together we're already wet anyway yeah um yeah, yeah but uh so the last day that we had a legitimate hunting day we found two bulls just off on their lonesome in an area north of where all the locals told us to go look. Mm-hmm. Like they all said, no, they never go that far north. And we we're like, well, we have we'll pum- find out. But we have pummeled the shit out of south of town. We've done a lot of climbing. We've done. We had a great time. You know, like once again, I love elemental, which is, you know, I love wind, I love desert, I love the ocean, I love the mountains. Mm-hmm. And and I like getting out in it and getting scraped raw and and Yeah, pushing it. Yeah, and and getting humbled. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, like realizing that you're not the biggest, baddest thing yeah, out that's there. That's good and for I, you. You know, I mm-hmm. never was. <laughs> well, it's good to be reminded. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, getting concrete proof every once in a while. Yeah. It's like, oh hey, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you're my bitch. I'm um Yeah. So yeah, he he got slammed down in the water and just went you know, like, oh shit. Like rung his bell, you know, obviously wasn't clear for a minute or two. Yeah. What the just fuck floated just on top of the water oh, like you that? know he was like sliding on a current you know like they you know you see how they feel like the microcurrents and they like slide yeah. and you know like and then just birds like they can just ride with the water i know they're cool right yeah and <laughs> yeah and he was just sliding he was looking at us like yeah i'm a badass and they're just like fucking totally exploded he's like Oh, is that a camera? Oh, yeah, you don't even you don't see an eagle. You don't see an eagle fucking up very often. Uh-uh. No, uh, you don't. You don't. Yeah. We, felt, we felt pretty lucky. Let alone get it on camera. Yeah, he looks distraught. Yeah. I mean, when I, I, you know, the first thing, um, I've been following you in a while, and I, I started digging in deep here uh, the last three, four days, and I came across this, and I'm like, damn, like what is that? Is that a painting? Like, is this is that fake? I'm like, damn! I feel like that's like really choppy ass windy water with an eagle on top, and I'm like, how the fuck do you? Was he able to get up out of there and just fly up? He did surprisingly. Like we were literally starting to take off layers. Like we were gonna jump in the water and go in after an eagle and get fucking bit. Yeah. Right. Oh shit! Oh, he was that close to shore. Oh yeah, it was a little pond. Oh, it wasn't the ocean. It was a little pond. Oh, like he oh just, but he it looks just, like he's in waves. Yeah, it he is well, in that, waves because it's oh, sixty the wind. knot winds. <laughs> it, so the pond had like two foot swells in it. Yeah, yeah. I just, mean that's like, like what it looks like. Even the ponds on Adak have white caps. <laughs> Jeez. It, it, yeah, he was just doing an expert slide, and then he got oh. his ass handed to him. You that's know, funny. Just, no shit. <laughs> Fuck. I like your description discombobulated <laughs> that says it all yeah he, he was yeah his, his head's all wet and like, he's just like <laughs> he's just fucking pissed yes angry yeah. 
so the last way cool. The last day we found a couple of bulls, mm. and we had to climb a peak to find them. So now you're looking down and you're like, oh, they're way down there. So we put like a two and a half hour stock on them in our whites. And you're going through. You put on the whites? Yeah, put on the whites in snow. Oh, it's snow. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, it's yeah, okay. snow and grass. You got know, it, that got day it, got it was it. snow. Tomorrow it night might not be. Okay. Yeah. Right? And so you're going down through these gullies, and under the snow bridges in these gullies are creeks. Right, and so the only way to approach is in the folds, and you're you're post holing and punching to stay out of visibility. But if you punch too far, you're going under. It's you know the bridge is above your head, and the creek underneath is pretty fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And oh like, yeah. Raging. Like at about three hundred yards out, I punched through Ooh. to head below the snow oh and arms above the snow yeah. and Gil's looking at the, you know, getting his peaks on the caribou. And I'm like, help me. <laughs> hey dude. Hey, hey. fucking help me. <laughs> so, give me a hand. God damn it. Hey dude. And the wind's just, like, <laughs> you just can't hear shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, can't, you can't hear it. You still turn out to blow the yeah, stock. <laughs> <laughs> right and he he finally turns around and he's like oh shit oh, you know, like oh yeah let me let me let me haul you out of there where did chris go <laughs> yeah and and you know we got we got to 189 yards like time to pull up your gun make a shot poked our heads up gust of wind and he wind, they winded us and they're gone mm. oh. right and so they turn around we turn around like what do you do? Sometimes, yeah, it's, you, it's, you know, sometimes you get winded and sometimes they wind. Yeah. They win. And so then we started heading back uphill and they did an end run around us and showed up uphill of us. Oh, and it was like, Oh fuck. They're there. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you turn around, you know, like get your shit off your back and, and then they're gone. You know, it's like, Oh, oh fuck. So <laughs> we reacquired them like two hours later <laughs> and they hit the high Alpine and we hit, we put on maybe a four, four and a half hour stock on them and finish off your daylight. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like they positioned themselves where they had easily a half mile of clear viz on every side of them mm. and no terrain features to hide behind, nothing but open snowfield, yeah. like on all sides of them. And they're just sitting there. Fucking eating. (laughs) This is a good spot. Yeah, they're like, uh, I'll sit down for a few. Okay, I'll stand up. I'll eat a little bit more. I'm going to leave this spot. I have an itch on my ass. (laughs) There's just no way to approach him. And, you know, so we started losing light. And it's like, all right, well, we can try a belly approach. You know, this is about over. Yeah. We can try a a belly approach and see see if we can get at him. You know, dead on, eye to eye already. They made us a quarter mile out. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, fucking later. Yeah, yeah. and they're no. up and over the uh, over the ridge. And well, hunters are the only predators they got. Yeah, out there. So mm-hmm. they see you guys all day in your key. I think they're pretty used to getting shot away. at out there too. Yeah. Oh, they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. How many are out there? I don't even know the size of the herd. I know they're imported 
in World War II mm-hmm. uh, as a potential food, food, food source, source as yeah. a potential food source for soldiers out there. Yeah. And you know that's the weird thing is you get into the Alpine out there, and there's buried bunkers all over the place, and so when you're looking downhill. There's humps, like grass humps all over the place. Mm-hmm. And underneath any one of those humps the could bunker. be a building. Right? Yeah. And like we went into a number of them and they are Oh, you can access them? They're they just are full on fortified bunkers. Wow. So you could find some if you gotta spend the night or something. Oh, you could easily find shelter out there. But the other thing you have to watch out for is that, you know, you're out, there's nothing else around. And there's a piece of rebar sticking out of the ground, oh, <laughs> or wow. or you know something random like that. Like we we were out far away from fucking anything, and we're like, "What's that? It's a fire hydrant." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like you know, there was a robust, thriving population. Well, I don't know if they're thriving. They're probably all ready to kill themselves. But yeah, uh, there was a robust population on ADAC for many years of thousands of people. And there's an entire abandoned town there. Like neighborhoods, office buildings, police stations, all being slowly dismantled by the wind. Yeah. it's a, it is, You could make a super kick-ass horror movie there. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering why somebody hasn't done that yet. Because it's <laughs> well, they did make that one, <laughs> yeah. the one yeah. vampire movie that was like up in Barrow or something. It's right? not exactly yeah efficient. No, yeah. no, that would be brutal. But then there's the flip side. So on our on our way out, you've got all the cool things of a small community like that. Like yeah. there's maybe 150 people on ADAC now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen the uh, images of the community. There's like they're like little shack houses just stacked in. No, they're military duplexes. Okay, so those must be the old ones then. Yeah. And so, you know, on our way out, Alaska Airlines comes in Mm. with Santa. Right? Yep. And they're fine to delay the flight out for two hours so that the whole town can interact with Santa. So the whole town comes to the airport. And Santa not only shows up, with a bag of toys for the kids. He has a bag of toys for the kids by name. Wow. Right? Where's... Like has a population list and like yeah, all the kids yep, in town. Yep, where's Johnny Goodman? Johnny Goodman, come up here. I have a present for you. Right? <laughs> One after another after another. And the whole town crams themselves into the little airport <laughs> room. Yeah. And, space. you know, there's a bunch of hunters there, all dejected because none of them have caribou, <laughs> right? So, some of us got have... got battered. Some of us have uh, emperor goose and ducks. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we got some emperors. We uh, went on a dual-prong deal and took our shotguns. And Okay. Down, did you have to go out on skiffs and stuff and run around on the... No, there's okay. an area there called Clam Lagoon. Okay. Which also, by the way, would be a good name for a nightclub. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's, uh, that got me, man. 
<laughs> they only serve duck farts. Yeah, the you know it's it's loaded with oh, uh, my God. with uh, sea otters, and uh-huh. you know on the on, on the other side of the breakwater is the Bering Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just shit tons of waterfowl. Like there's a robust bird hunting scene there. Is that where they hunt those like king? Um, Eiders, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yep, super popular. Yeah, and they've got harlequins. They've got mm. like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you name a prize duck. And, and I'm not, I'm not that much of a waterfowl guy. Actually, mm-hmm. I, like I've done either, yeah. some, I've done some bird hunting in my life, but yeah. I, I don't claim knowledge. I claim a desire to shoot a long shotgun at things that's easy to yeah. aim at and watch yeah. something fall and then make it start in. drinking beers about 7 a.m yeah and then make it into in the duck sausage right <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the the i guess the emperors are really sought after and there's only a couple of places in the world that you can get them and one of those places is adak so so is that where like when you put in for the draw for the emperor that's where you would hunt it Yes, but okay. as an Alaskan, you can get a registration permit. Oh, okay. I have never, ever opened that link <clears throat> yeah. for an emperor goose. I'm not a waterfall hunter either. No. Uh, but I can only imagine that, you know, between, if you, I guess, just super generic, limited waterfowl knowledge spitting out of my mouth here, like you would want to harvest a mallard and a Canadian Those and are emperors. an emperor. Yeah. Wow, they're massive. That that one, that secondary one must be like a young, I uh, messed up the screen. Ah. Yeah, you um, fucked it all up. I did, I did. But the, the, the guy next to you had a smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that, was that you? Yeah, it's me. Uh, oh, wow. You got, you got the big one. <laughs> that's what she said. Also the story yeah. of my life. Also the story. Double whammy. That's pretty cool. And all I have to say is how they eat though. James Stevens is the shiviest. Shizziest. James is the shizziest. James is the shizziest. James is the shizziest. Rack them up. Rack them up. Ching, 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 ching. Yeah. James. I like how you rock the um the old school. Like you're not Yeah, man. You're not into the um your boy is fully sickered out with the Fancy dancy shit with the little goose. My man's well, out here. In a, my man's I, out here in a you car. You got the OG hoodie. man. He's like, yeah, I got the, I got the big boy. Uh, you know what that is? That's an an OG Teton Gravity Research hoodie. There you go. Still good. Mm-hmm. Still works. So this is the plumage. Keeping it real. Oh, oh, oh that's my. a great picture. Wow. Oh man. The plumage. Yeah, the plumage. That's yeah. beautiful. That's the. Um, Yep. How how they eat feathers of the bird for those of that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The texture, the plumage. And the plumage. Well, well, in the whites, full whites. Okay. What whites? Is, man, we brought some That's whites the on the sheep hunts. Man, they got fucking destroyed. Uh, no, I was surprised I, when you guys. I saw the video with you guys in the whites. I'm like, oh damn, you guys went full whites. I didn't know you had a white scenario. I I just yeah, man. You always got a white scenario. <laughs> I haven't been bringing them since that first year. I just bring Tyvek and rip that. it up and like, then put on a this. new one. So that's the whites at the end of the day. Okay. <laughs> 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 after 
crawled around and <laughs> tore yeah, them all to shit. After crawling on my belly for four and a half hours. The oh, lights yeah. just turned black. They just shredded too. It's like, what's the point? This thing's yeah. like attracting things. It's just like flapping all over the place. Yeah. Fully shredded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, wanted, I, I wanted to hold my thought real quick. How did they eat? Like, were they good? Was it a good eating bird? It's a goose. <clears throat> Tastes like a goose. Tastes like a goose. I mean, I've, I've had my fair share, I think, of wild waterfowl prepared. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. not like all the awesome ways it's been done, and I've had things injected with duck fat and all that, but I have not really had any waterfowl that blew me away outside of like a really gourmet piece at like Glacier Brewhouse back in the day or something like that. Like I've had some really great duck meals but like wild went over to right. my aunt's house and had a goose right out of the oven it was like man this thing tastes like mud it's a goose yeah <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah ducks a- and waterfowl taste like mud to me that's what like i equate the flavor of it i yeah you know, I know it's probably I've so disrespectful been... to waterfowl hunters i'm sorry guys yeah, just... and people but man, i'm just saying my I, experiences are like no. yeah i'm not sure i, get I love the a whole... good rich duck meal Right, you know, like as a special treat. Mm -hmm. But I have a buddy that is, you know, a lifetime waterfowl guy and just shoots Mm. hundreds of ducks a year. And he gets huge batches of duck sausage made, and Mm. that's the shit. I've never actually had that. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Because it's that sounds with, amazing. I've never had that. Probably, and Mm -hmm. and I'm a hot dog connoisseur, Mm -hmm. sausage connoisseur, and I've never had meat product. Are you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I I feel like that's really a great way if you're talking about going and shooting hundreds of ducks a year mm-hmm. to really harvest and preserve the meat and have it for like longevity because you can only throw so many ducks in the oven and eat them. Like I mean, yeah. And break teeth and do all the other bullshit that goes <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. I'm I've, I've known a handful of guys that are like, yeah, I got ten grand into my mouth because I. You know, I was eating ducks for a while. I gave that up, and I'm like, whew, man. I, oh, because nah. they're crunching into the yeah. yeah, well, there's a there's a BB, BB in your BB stuck in the, in the meat. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And that's not duck sausage, guys. That's more like the ones that are throwing, their wife throws it in the oven and does it up nice. But oof. That's kind of like missing your pancaked bullet before you put something in the in the meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, fucking oh, new, new, new meat grinder. Before, oh, man. <laughs> Please let that never happen. Yikes. Oh, Just that chewing that on 180 grain barns. So my going back to caribou, my first. Which there's 2,800, 2,600 on ADAC. Oh, nice. So you guys were wondering. Yeah. So. My first experience, I told you I didn't grow up hunting. Like, I didn't start till my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first wife, her mother uh, was a true Alaskan specimen. Mm. She's white, but she was born in Nome and grew up in Kotzebue. And her father was a prospector in Nome. So, you know, back in those Check, days. Checking all the boxes in, there. In the 30s and 40s. Uh, you know, you order your food a year in advance and hope it makes it through. Yep. You know, she was like that type. And she introduced me to hunting. My wife's mother Whoa. introduced me to hunting. And so my first caribou trip, she took me up onto the Kobuk and the Northwest Arctic herd yep. and plopped me right in the middle of that fucking herd. And I took a couple of friends with me first trip. Don't know what I'm doing. 
you know, young and in the hunting career. And we're all sitting there in our camo. We're hiding, and there's all these caribou walking by and trying to pick your perfect animal. And they're very close. You know, like you can, in that herd, you can shoot a caribou, and the rest of them will look at them and go, what happened to Fred? Yeah. Like, they don't run. They don't, you know, they're like, oh. Uh, like, oh. You know, there goes another one. And so she's watching. We're at a friend's cabin out there, and, and she's watching our program and shaking her head. Right? And she eventually comes stomping out in uh, white pants, white keds, a pink muumuu with a cigarette in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other hand. What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're hunting. Be quiet, be quiet. We're hunting. She says, give me that. And she picks up one of our guns that she's never shot before, and she rests her cigarette and her coffee in one hand and one arm's gun in the other hand and fucking blows a caribou's brains out. Shoots it in the, in the brain. <laughs> Right, no organ shot, no nothing. She hands the gun back, and she says, "You know, I've cleaned enough caribou for one lifetime. Why don't you boys get busy?" <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> right, and we're like, "Oh, oh, I get it. We're stupid." Right. Oh, I understand. We're dumb. We're, we're really dumb. Yeah. This so that, is how that, it's done, boys. That, well, and then you witness. The native program on the car- uh, on the Kobach where, mm. you know, they wait for them to cross the river yep. and they pull up, they pull up as they're swimming across and shoot them in the back of the head with a handgun. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. it's, it's a harvest. It's not a hunt yeah. at mm-hmm. all. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and then you start to get it, you know, and what a great way to learn because you got a bunch of native people to teach you and you're cleaning 20 caribou at a time. Wow! Right, a lot of work. all the different all the like this is this this is this guy's style, that guy's style. Yeah, picking up different. Well, and the women are there doing it with big old ulus made out of coffee cans. Oh, really? Right, oh. and they they are quartering caribou in minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's like yeah. just one, you know, cut. and handing it off, and then somebody else is taking care of the skin. Like they're not even bothering skinning first; they're just like big old cuts. Just separate, just pulling and quarters off, just industrial. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you a know, harvest. it's a, it's a yeah. factory program. They're saving for the winter, and they've got a lot of work to do, and they don't fuck around, and they actually don't like to sit around and answer your questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once well, the ball's wait, rolling, wait, wait, how, did, how did you do that? Well, can wait, you show wait, me that again? Yeah. yeah. Can you no. articulate how you do that in words? Like, yeah, fuck off. I got yeah, two more quarters yeah, to peel yeah, off this exactly. thing. <laughs> Yeah, so the ne- the next year I went back, and we had kind of an unknown guy with us, and we shot, like, six or seven caribou in a day. Between us, your limit out, there's five per day per person. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, we got them all lined up on the beach, and we're like, well, all right, let's go, let's go upriver and see if we look for a moose. And also still young in my hunting career i learned not shooting moose in the water mm. so i two bulls I fight, never f- want to let that happen two bulls fighting in the middle of the river and i decide i'm going to end that fight and i, <laughs> yeah. and I shoot one of the bulls that's fighting in the river and he goes blah, 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 and he sinks oh, right shit. and so i you know i get a 
I get a rope around his antlers, and there's not a single cleat on the boat. Nowhere to be found on the boat. And so this guy that I don't know, JJ, is going to be my cleat. <laughs> right? And so we you got a good grip on that thing? Yeah, so, so we put two life jackets on JJ's chest and two on his back and wrap him. <laughs> Oh, he's no. wrap a rope around JJ, and he's he's he's, he's got his legs. He's got his legs up. on the stern of the boat. And he's just like, Arr. and so this moose is just like dragging behind us for six miles down the river. Just no way! Jeez. Yeah, and then, six miles. Dude. Oh yeah, that must have been the longest boat oh, ride of a lifetime ever. Oh yeah. So we we get back to the place and six and, miles, and you know. Unwrap JJ and he can't unbend his legs. Right? He's seized. He's seized. He's a piece of furniture. Right? And and so we, you know, unwrap him and you know, give him a rub legs. down, get him some whiskey and and all right, now we got to deal with all this. And so we've got all these caribou and we've got and we've got a moose and we can only get the moose up little bit out of the water, you know, basically cleaning the moose in, in the river. Yeah. And so go all night long, dealing with caribou, hauling them up. We build, you know, tripod racks into a cut bank. So you've got the log resting on the cut bank and then a tripod, you know, supporting that, that log. And we're hanging For a big all, meat pole. Ha- hanging all, uh, you know, we've got like three of them going. <laughs> and, you know, we get everything hung. And the last thing to go up is the moose. Ugh. And that must have been yeah. exciting to get to and after so that moose caribou. We, we hang, yeah, we hang the last of the moose at like four o'clock in the morning, oh you know, on this God. meat pole, and it goes snap, and <gasps> everything hits the ground. And this guy JJ, I've never seen him since. By the way, like, I, I don't know <laughs> JJ. Right? He starts crying. Your human cleat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. JJ, the human cleat, starts crying. It's like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, no, man, I'm not okay. <laughs> I can't lift anything else. I can't move anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to make a, a tarp envelope for the night, and we'll deal with this in the morning. He's like, you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were allowed to do that. Why didn't we do that before? <laughs> Why did we go through all that? <laughs> Oh, poor JJ. That was my introduction (laughs) to caribou hunting. And that's like when that, when that herd was in its prime and it's not anymore. um, It was a thing to behold, you know, just thousands and thousands of animals all portaging and moving around and Mm. seeing them from miles away. Yeah. That was in like the early eighties. No. Uh, let's see, I graduated oh, high no, school. Oh, was that way after high school? Yeah, yeah so no, that was like late 90s. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Cobuck yeah. River herd? Yeah, that's the Northwest Arctic herd. Northwest Arctic, yeah. Yeah, you know, coming off the brooks. Right. So that's a cool trip. You know, you, you fly into someplace, uh, you fly into like either Cobuck or Ambler, mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity for sheep right out of the gate for brooks. Uh, sheep right out of the gate there, and then you float the Kobach, and oh, that's on my list, man. And uh, you go through the Great Salawick Wilderness, the co- the Gates of the Arctic, 
Kobuk Wildlife Preserve. If you're uh, flowing west, right, from the what yeah. would be the highway? Yeah, you're flowing west. If you're going north-south, so you're going well, north-left. I would do it. I would fly into Cottesview, go to Kiana, mm. get a floater out of Kiana into Ambler maybe. And uh, so then you go through the gates of the Arctic, and then there's the sand dunes. The Kobuk sand dunes, so you're mm. you're floating through like the, the brooks and the tundra, and all of a sudden there's white sand sand dunes yeah. deposited by some freaking ice age, and all of uh, the biology changes. So all the foxes are white. Oh you, wow! You know, like like everything changes within that the, those parameters. Within, right? Yeah, within those within that zone to match what's going on with the land with the habitat wow yeah and so you've got you've got chance for sheep there's bear hunting i've never been into bear hunting because i don't like to shoot shit that i'm not going to eat mm. um Same but the bears out there are real like you should be prepared to hunt them because they will hunt you right there <laughs> uh, at yeah. that time of year they're eating squirrels yeah yeah <laughs> any any like good meat source they they'll go they'll yeah they they'll, get aggressive they'll, for they'll, it right they'll follow you for 30 miles see i've heard that about brooks grizzlies yeah, Our, yeah you know the, my boy lance always said that he's like those brooks yeah they're scary are, they're evil yeah they're scary yeah of course we ran into a couple and they ran yeah like they, they didn't want nothing to do with us but they we caught them off guard I think that's the difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird out there because you you uh, see a bear, and then you're ten miles downstream, and you see a bear, and you realize it's the same bear. Oh, I was following you. So you came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah oh. They will absolutely go through a lot of effort to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you hear stories like the one firsthand. guy. Yeah, but so oh, yeah. So, so you've got you've got a sheep population out there. You've got a bear population out there. There's not a shit ton of moose, but the ones that are out there are dinosaurs, mm. right? I saw oh, okay. I saw a guy ta- take what was what we determined was the number two moose in the world with a bow, mm. a 77 inch bull. Wow, monster! Um, oh, seventy seven. I, I was calling him to me. He was coming at me and. This guy popped up a quarter mile uphill like there's not another human being within miles, right? And, and, and he popped up a quarter mile uphill and went thunk. And I was oh, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and so I helped him pack it out. And and then I met him again at the Cotsbury Airport. Uh, and we took a tape to it in 77 inches. Um, you know, so the moose that are out there are big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's obviously a big caribou population yep. out there. There's she-fish. Oh, I was mm. just getting ready to ask that. Yeah, there's, there's she-fish. Man, fish. I have there's, just like a bucket list passion. I want to catch one of those yep. damn things so bad. There's 80-pound she-fish mm-hmm. out there. There's uh, rainbows. There's burbot. Grayling. Grayling. Yeah, char. You know, it's like, and then there's... And then there's... I didn't know that either, yeah. Ducks. Geese and sandhill cranes, the ribeye of the sky. Mm. Yeah, the like, ribeye. Have you ever, yeah. ever eaten crane? I yeah. haven't, I haven't oh, yeah. had a chance it's, to eat it's it. It's like an ultra tender beef fillet. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it's it a, cooked and it is meat. incredible. Yeah, it's a red yeah. meat. How yeah. red the meat is. Mm. Yeah. I can't believe that, how that works out. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's, that's like a, one of those bucket list trips mm. that, and the way to do it, because I figured this out, <laughs> is that, uh, you arrange for a meat pickup halfway down. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, if you got a sheep and, right out and, the gate. And so you pay someone off in either Cayenne or Kotzebue uh, to hang your stuff. In uh, a cold storage it, somewhere. It, or a hanger. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah you, just you, somewhere in the... Cool storage. Cool storage. Cool storage. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Which I'm sure it's cool enough up there. And I mean. Yeah, and so you, you unload halfway through. Oh. Right, mm. and then you continue your trip because you're, you're floating, and you, and and you, you float all the way down to Cayenne or the Squirrel. How many miles is that? About or days? It, if you it. do it right, and you set you set a couple of uh, you know two or three day base camps mm. along the way where you can hunt, where you're just not always mobile, or you can get down and dirty and hunt. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know you can make it a two week trip. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's what I'd want to yeah, do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's something you wouldn't do all the time. Yeah, it's a Not logistical pain thing. in the ass, but mm-hmm. all the best things I love in the life logistics are. of it. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite part. Oh, pouring over maps and just trying to figure out. My what favorite the part of hunting is the the before hunting, the logistics mm-hmm. of all of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Part. Yeah, and then getting to that that spine or whatever that is that you pour over on Google Earth and find out like, oh fuck, I can't. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. There's like a ten oh foot God. cliff, and I can't thing. quite like yeah. get yeah. over that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've done your fair share of that though, with the with the filming and the photography of the mountains. I mean, lots of audibles. Yeah, it's always how it is. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably got pretty good at you and your crew looking at certain features and topography on a map to see like what's doable and what's not. And yeah, but we're usually wrong. Okay, um, you always want to like. I gotta see it anyway. It, it no, it's more like okay, we think we can do this, but we better prepare for this, this, and this because that we're missing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you get boots on the ground and actually see it or whatever it is. Yeah. So, like this year, so I, I, the last maybe fifteen years, I've been going up north of the Yukon for moose. Mm. Uh, up out of Galena. Mm. And my buddies and I have been working a series of fairly slack water creeks that all interconnect. And so you work those, you take a certain amount of food, you figure out how to eat the rest of the time. And then at the end of that trip, you know, you're so you're navigating these creeks and moving around. And then you set a base camp and you kill a couple of moose and your trip's over. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we've been we had been working this zone over years and years and years, and I think I think we went thirteen fourteen years without coming up dry. Like it was a very productive area for us, and we kind of lost our ride out there. And mm. that, that's key, man. <laughs> that yeah. one logistical linchpin that got you guys into yeah, the sweet spot. Yeah. And so now now we're kind of looking for what's our new home, um, mm. with just the longing desire to go back there, but it's not working out right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think this year we're gonna go. It's a good run, though. I mean, thirteen years. I, yeah, it's better than the average. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. you got a decade in one spot. Oh, yeah. putting meat in the freezer every year. I mean, it, at least one moose, usually yeah. two or three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, fun to be looking for another one. Right? Yeah. So I this year I'm gonna go try wood tick chick. Mm. Um, another so a fly and float pickup style. Oh yeah, yeah. I. I'm yearning to float and hunt. Man, well, yeah. no, that yeah. won't be a float. I, I like finding a lake. Uh, oh, I, oh, that'd I, be cool too. Know, I, I travel with duckies. one body of water. You that you just with duckies. 
duckies? No. Mm-mm. It's an inflatable kayak, but they're made out of the same stuff that like an air 16-foot inflatable raft is made out Real of. Real thick, okay. thick, thick. They're bulletproof. You can flow, throw them out of an airplane. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Duckies. And like, blam, 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 mm. and go find it later. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, so we use duckies, and in a two-person ducky, you can fit three quarters, and you can sit on one of them. Yeah. And you can... Damn, you can load it up. And and you can you can navigate <clears throat> fairly fast water sitting yeah. on a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just... Yeah, but, you, you know, we tend to go into a lake area with adjoining mm. creeks or whatever, and those duckies are transport, they're meat haul, whatever, but they, you can extend, extend your range beyond that, you know, ever-desirable half mile from camp. Yeah. yeah, right. Right, you don't want to go more than a mile. You don't want to carry, you don't want to carry moose more than a mile, no. ever. No, um, but shit, a, but, hundred yards for that matter. <laughs> but a duck, but a ducky can make that three miles. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. If you're hauling them on the water, it's fine as long as it's slack water and you're not fucking current. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, or wind. Like so you know, for us, it's you know we're in the Google Earth game right now. We're looking at specific lakes and like, all right, there's big skag back there. You can set a camp here. There looks like there's some fresh water flowing in there, and I. I'm with you. I like that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what do we don't see? Well, we better prepare for this. You better prepare for that. Yeah. And, and you always bring the come along and you hope to God you don't have Never. to use it mm. because if you do have to use it, you uh, fucked it's a up. Time. Dude, I see, <laughs> I see photos of guys, you know, their picture, their big 68 inch bull, and it's like front shoulder and heads out of the water, but the rest of it's in the water. I'm like, man, are you able to get that? Out on the shore? Or are you actually doing oh, no. a full clean? Full clean in the water. Man, I know it's going to happen I've one of these it. days, but I don't want to. Man, that yeah. seems gnarly. <laughs> so that, I told you I dragged that moose six miles. On I can't J- believe on, that, On JJ. Man. On JJ, yeah. yeah JJ, and the human so, cleat. So the guy who owned the cabin <laughs> that we are staying went through my bag and drank my entire handle, like an entire handle of uh, Crown Royal. While you were gone? While we were out hunting. And so he came down to the beach fucking wasted. Right. <laughs> on your handle. On my handle with none left. Oh, Didn't even save a victory right. shot for you or right. nothing? And oh, no. the only way to deal with that moose in that particular circumstance, and it was my first moose. Oh, man. Right, was to climb inside it. And, yeah, and in the you know, cavity and like in the cavity and you know just like in your hair yeah. and in your face and everything. And I crawled out and then we had a fire gun on the beach and there's northern lights overhead. It's pretty frigid. Everything's frozen. You know, it's like one of those moments. And he looked at me and he said, ah, ah, "Hey, white boy, I'm not gonna let you use my shower." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I didn't care. I was, yeah. like, I yeah. realize, uh-huh. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to kill you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use a shower all I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, your murder is in my future. But right now, I'm just going to enjoy this moment. Yeah. What a cool memory, though. Yeah. That was your first moose experience. That was my, yeah, but that was my second caribou experience, my first moose. So was it yeah. one of those where you're like, I'm never fucking doing this ever again. And three months later, you're like, hey. Called your buddy, like, hey man, what's up with the moose next year? 
No, it was more like uh, I'm never not doing this. Sweet. Uh, there will never be a year that passes that yeah. I, that I don't. You won't chase one. I, the needle was in the vein. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I had a great teacher. Like my mm. ex mother-in-law, Mary, is a legend. Um, and you know she's. Like, if you go to the Forest Service uh, in Girdwood, the bear in there is hers. Mm. And there's a picture of my wife as a baby sitting on that bear's head. <laughs> and, you know, she encouraged me to take my daughter mm. as a baby on my first caribou hunt. And so I have pictures of my daughter, you know, yeah. like wow. in, oh, in that situation. The old bongo bear that used to be in the Sitzmark in Girdwood, yeah. that was yeah. hers. Oh wow! Um, I'll be damned. Yeah, she's a badass. Like wow. when I married her daughter, she she looked at me and she said, "If you hurt my daughter, I'll I'll have you killed." Or which skin. is a very different sentence from "I'll kill you." Yeah, I'll yeah. have you killed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'll kill you is a is a crime of passion. Yeah. Right? I'll have you killed is somebody who plans on getting away with it, knows who will do it, knows yeah. where mm. they will hide you, and yeah. absolutely wow. plans on getting yeah. away with she's it. She's like, yeah, "I'll have you skinned." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she taught me a lot. She 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 bought me my first guns, and she bought me good guns. And yeah, she knew uh, what she knew mm -hmm. what you needed, huh? Yeah, and then and then it progressed, and you know, I started getting into archery and things like that that were beyond what she was into. Yeah, but she started the path, mm -hmm. and um, I'm forever fucking grateful to her for it. Yeah, amazing. That's way cool that a woman taught you how to hunt. Got you yeah. into hunting, especially as a grown man. Set the tone. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still damn. not a grown man. No, I, <laughs> well, I, a growing I mean, man. <laughs> I mean the the narrative is I learned how to hunt from my dad. Yeah, no. you know, and it's like, no, nah, let me tell you this story. No, my dad was into, but my dad was into fishing. He he sure. got me out off the grid. And it's in totally fishing, fine that he didn't yeah. get you into there. That mm -hmm. he that his path didn't lead you there, but mm -mm. you met this unique amazing human being mm -hmm. that was like weaved in the culture of what hunting was yeah came from that and mm -hmm. you learn from the the roots of hunting like i mean survival and subsistence and she she handed it to me in a super authentic way and mm. um and never made me feel small like mm. uh, allowed me to grow within that and helped me as kind of my mind awakened, you know, as like, uh, as I left the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joined the mm -hmm. real world and yeah. Uh, it unlocked yeah. something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, lo and behold, I ended up living this life that um, professionally uh, allowed me to drill deep all over the state and get paid for it and uh, take, you know, those roots that she gave me and blow them into like this, like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like learning how to hunt was just like the, the beginning or the tip of the ice pilot hole there. Yeah. Yeah. You just went like all the, the way yeah. in before your path. It just, whew. Yeah. Yeah, going going to like Cayenne and Kotzebue is one thing, but going to Cayenne and Kotzebue with somebody who's grew up there, yeah, mm. and knows how to skip all the bullshit and 
No, and get rid of any barriers that. that are there because people don't trust you or whatever. Mm. Like mm. Yeah. none of those things are there. You just you, got the VIP people that are willing <laughs> to help you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, rather than give you the who the fuck are you? Mm. Yeah. Um, is huge, huge. Yeah. Well, I, love I mean, Arctic. most folks don't experience it that way. Yeah. That's true. You know, oh, no, like I a, get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, kind of like the enemy coming in there. Yeah. Yeah. Coming after the harvest. Yep. That's the way it is. Yep. Wow. Can't blame them in a lot of ways. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any uh, upcoming big projects, big trips, big uh, films, big anything got what's, coming up? Uh, what's new for 2022? Chris Owens. <laughs> uh, I need to go on a honeymoon. Oh. I got married <laughs> actually a little over a year ago. My wife and I do not yet share a house. Mm. How'd you work that? Logistics? Well, <laughs> sounds like you finally found the right one. <laughs> I, we're working on it. We're working on it. I, well, my, I like my place. I like my place too. My, my <laughs> current home is up in the mountains. It's up by Flat Top, mm. and I have a bat cave. It's a little windy up there. So there is an actual underground basketball court underneath my house. Oh, nice! Mm. It's lined with shelves, like you know that scene in the Matrix when you know they're in the construct and like all the weapons come like yeah yeah. you know like Mm -hmm. all the shelves yeah that's like my back cave Mm -hmm. right and so it's shelves and shelves and shelves of outfitting gear like i'm set up to take a film crew of 20 people and say sleeping bags for everybody tents for everybody you know like uh you know i've i've got a ball of 40 life jackets hanging from the ceiling and you know like 25 years as an outfitter and and you know backcountry experiential provider right i just have a lot of shit and so moving that all to her house will be like hitting it with a tsunami it'll never yeah. survive you <laughs> haul after you <laughs> haul <laughs> and so we've been we've been just kind of trying to f- trying to figure that out so my big adventure for this year is actually moving out of the mountain house in the back cave and figuring all that out mm. and then i have art shows i have a show in April, I have a show in June, I have a show in July, and I have one in December. December. In the state? All here in the state? state? All here in the state. I'm, oh, I'm working nice. on, on more. Um, but I've been working on taking, you know, 30 years of photography. Yeah. Taking those really stellar moments, printing them on canvas, over-painting them, Redigitizing them and then bending reality on them a little bit and then printing them again. Yeah. So it's a, st- it's a very unique style. It's a stupid, inefficient process and I'll <laughs> never make money on it. Uh, but my head's in it right now. So, yeah. Well, they're um, beautiful pieces. It, well, well you it, probably it, have it, like it goes endless. back to my roots, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, like all those photos, like I'm sure just the hours that you do pouring over looking at those images you took where you were what the circumstance was there's yeah, a lot going yeah, back a, a, into that every, right? every one of them means something yeah. every one of them is a real Sparks moment in memory, time so yeah. if you go to one of my shows you'll see whatever the piece of art is and then you'll see a description on it that has the actual GPS location mm. where that occurred and, and a little story behind it mm. yeah. um, and 
you know, just a reiteration that all of these things, even though they're paintings now, they're all real. Yeah. Um, every single one of them. Real yeah. experiences. So, yeah. Where's the um, art shows at? Uh, I have one in April at Stefan Fine Arts, mm-hmm. and uh, it also hangs like all over the Captain Cook. Yep. Uh, and I have one in June at Great Harvest Bread Company. Nice. And I have one in July at the Steam Dot Coffee in, on O'Malley, and one in December at the Steam Dot by REI. Nice. We got to get uh, you at uh, Double Shovel. Yeah. They do a lot of art stuff, um, artists, things over there. Oh, Jack, yeah. who's in Hawaii. Um, okay. Yeah, you're definitely you're, up with your that. art would fit in there. Amazingly. Absolutely seamlessly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk about it. We will. We'll get Definitely. you lined up over there with them. Yeah. We could do something cool downtown too. One of the hot dog stands. Yeah. Outside. Just have some parts up. Yeah. Get some of that tourist, tourist dollars. Mm-hmm. Go. Sure. Yep. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I got a lot of space over there. Damn. Yeah. Pay me, pay me in hot dogs. Hey, yeah, I you got some that. really cool <laughs> photos of like or of uh, like Sleeping Lady in downtown Anchorage and. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I, that would kind of be like perfect. I I have I'm I'm working on a little secret series that uh, I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, other than in my mind. But uh, with my home, a work in progress. With my home up above Anchorage right now, up by Flat Top, I have this insane view of the Neocolas, Sleeping Lady. The Tordrillos, the Alaska Range, mm. and the Chugach. And so literally wow. in the last probably five years, I bet I've shot half a million frames out of just the same location. Yeah. And so right out I, on the I, deck? I, I, I well, not a deck, but <laughs> oh. a, a roof, right? Oh. Okay. And so top, I top top. I've been working on like a thousand moods of the lady. Uh, and it's wow. the same angle with the same tree and the same shot in the foreground, but sleeping lady in all of these different weather conditions. So I have red smoke filtered suns. I have full moons. I have sliver moons. Yeah. I have Northern lights. I have storms in between Anchorage and the lady. I have storms behind the lady. Yeah. I have fog rising and falling. I have super crisp, white crystals in the foreground but it's all the same shot yeah. it's all the same, same angle same distance same, same, everything. same distance same tree same yeah, everything that is way cool and almost like a time lapse of in a way yeah a thousand yeah. moods of the lady i'd write that down that is fucking yeah. that's it man that's one of those things you know i do a thousand things that no other human ever sees yeah yeah it pleases me and it ends up on my screensaver <laughs> you ever, uh, yeah, you ever oh, I remember that. Yeah, I should think about printing that. Oh, wait, yeah. what was I talking about? Give you me, ever ridden a snow machine whiskey. up there, up up on Sleeping Lady? Uh, I haven't. You know, I don't do thumb sports very well. I've, mm. I've, uh, oh, good word. You know, I never heard of that. Thumb sports. Well, you know, uh, I mean, it is all kind of right racing. there. You see the scars there on yeah. my thumb oh, okay. and on my wrist. Okay, uh, ski racing. I I broke. My right thumb probably 25 times e- <laughs> easily. 
uh, and my left thumb close to that because you know what happens is you jam your thumb into the ice and then it breaks. Yeah. Right. Oh, as, yeah. As you're as you're clipping gates, you know, mm. especially if you're not quite at the top of your game. Okay. <laughs> Notice I am not. That little lag. That little lag. I was, never, I was never quite good enough, right? <laughs> I was good enough to fuck myself up, but yeah. not good enough to to progress get in the mix in the sport. and get hurt. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I've had this this wrist rebuilt a couple of times. I've had my right thumb uh, totally rebuilt. I've had this bicep. This bicep got detached. What's oh, uh, happening, Scotty? Our buddy just is going through that right yeah, now. Yeah, I pop. I pop both sides simultaneously. Oh. It, it rolled up like a cinnamon roll and went in my elbow. Oh my god! Uh, and so if I do, <laughs> right, if I do, if shit. I do thumb throttle stuff, I'm not good for more than a half hour. You know? Oh, it's you just, get worn out and it just hurts. It just hurts. It, it like the the muscle memory just like. Ugh. It, well, yeah, it just hurts. It's it like the payoff isn't worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so uh, okay. So I have I have a theory, uh, in that everything that we do uh, in our lives is about a hit of serotonin. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. It's that thing that gives us. Joy, mm-hmm. pleasure, feel good. satisfaction makes you feel good. And, you know, having hung out with professional athletes for all of my adult life and adrenaline junkies through the various things that I've done and adventure junkies through the other things that I've done, it's all about that hit of serotonin, right? Yeah. And yeah, at the end of the day, that's what it's... And an increasing intensity of what it is that you're doing over time to get that same hit of serotonin, that same feeling of accomplishment, that same rush, that same uh, feeling of punch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going back to the discussion that we had earlier about balance, right, balance in life, in that if you find the right things that work for you, you can get that same hit out of serotonin, like a really good, somebody who really lives in the kitchen can get that same hit of serotonin that somebody else gets from climbing Everest, Mm. right? That um, provides that balance of accomplishment, of joy, of satisfaction, thrill and of thrill and so it's a matter of finding not what's the next next bis, biggest better thing that you're gonna do that gets you to that same place that this lower level got you to two years ago it's what can provide that today tomorrow mm. now and forever yeah. on a regular basis mm. uh and and do it repeatedly and that right there is the secret to happiness, <laughs> right? Uh, happiness is made out of serotonin. Yeah. Right. And a little salt and whiskey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what provides that yeah. 
to you. Yeah, what provides that to you? Like it, whether, it, what it, it, whatever it, it, it is, it, whether it's it completing is all the, about the exchange rate. Yeah. So with like motorsports like that, I don't get the exchange rate out of it. Like the the power mm. the power of the experience doesn't match up to the pain of getting there. Mm-hmm. Right in mm-hmm. that particular circumstance for me. Yeah. For, for somebody else, it does. Yeah. That is some deep articulation on why he doesn't like to ride motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. motorcycles He's like, side by side, sit here, gas pedal all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, no, I mean, I, that's great. I, I, I had to ask because I had the, the pleasure of two weekends in a row. I got to ride one time from the Deshka Landing down the Sioux, up the Alexander, up onto the mountain, and then another time we, we went right from Big Lake. And we took the Iron Dog Trail and did the whole thing up. And um, it's always so cool to, like, be at some co- view in Anchorage or Wasilla or somewhere where you, you see the lady, and you're like, oh, I rode a snow machine up to that, like, ravine right there. People are like, what? You rode on that? I'm like, yeah. It's like, man, I've still, you know. And I wanted I took to have- a thousand <clears throat> pictures of that ravine. Yeah. She's a moody bitch, man. She's <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, the thing is with snow machines is you got to be careful, at least with an audience that you're talking to, because mm. machines, today's snow machines, are way more capable than a lot of the riders. Oh, man, so, that so, says it all right there. So, you know, in <laughs> yeah. a world of ski touring or snowboard touring or climbing or other activities that can get you into these super gnarly environments, there's a learning curve. Right, like let's just take skiing or snowboarding. So you start as a kid or as a young adult in your home resort, and you learn to ski. Right, you start on the bunny hill. Some friend teaches you, or you take lessons, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you learn to enjoy that resort and to get the most that you can out of that resort. And then at some point, your mind begins and your eyes begin to wander. Right, and you go, well, wait, what's What's over there? Look, look yeah. beyond this resort, right? And then you have some friend that's like, yeah, I go out there. I, I tour out there. Let me take you. And so you go with that friend, and you learn how to go uphill on skis or on a split board, right? And learn about skins. Mm-hmm. You probably mm-hmm. go through a progression of gear, right? Mm-hmm. This is good for starters, but man, it's too heavy. Now I'm going to get something else. And you go through a progression of gear. Yeah. And by the way, along the way, you learn some skills about how to evaluate the environment that you're in, uh, what the dangers are, what the safe routes are, how to navigate around, what's a good day to go, what's a bad day to go, the whole thing, right? And then eventually, at some point, you are a competent backcountry touring skier snowboarder. Right, and then you start teaching somebody else. Right, you bring them along for the ride. But with a snow machine, almost anyone can go out, drop six to fourteen grand. There you go on Mm -hmm. a snow machine. Get the keys in their hand, and the next day, be in an area that they have no fucking business being. No idea of snow safety, no idea of snow machine safety, yeah. no idea of how mm. to get themselves out of a shitty situation or how to even understand what a shitty situation is. Yeah, yeah. that's right? probably the first like, part. Like I have done a lot of mountain body recoveries. 
the ones that are in groups are snow machiners. Mm. Mm. Right? One guy out of 12 who has a beacon, and he doesn't know how to use it. Right? I've, it, I've been in those groups. I've yeah. been, been the guys in those groups. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things that mm. the machine is so capable that it doesn't require the requisite curve. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the, uh, it doesn't give you that time to learn everything else mm-hmm. that surrounds Everything that. that goes with it. Yeah. Yep. Well, that goes along too. We've said before, like you can go out and buy yourself a $80,000 boat and go out to Prince William Sound and. And die in it. Pull your anchor, yeah. 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 And not know yeah. what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that's a great point. Um, you know, just having Chad here last week, <clears throat> a guy who's been riding for, you know, twenty five years or more. Um he's been through seeing it all. He's just got a, you know, twenty thousand dollar turbocharged supercharged whatever the hell that thing is i mean you talk about a sled getting you to a spot where you don't belong like thank goodness it's him riding that snow machine and not the guy that just came back from the slope and he's like yeah. hey, 20k i'm gonna get a sled right you know i rode a phaser a few years ago but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. and then yeah, yeah i mean it's uh, we talked about the avalanche safety the whole thing i mean Kind of feels like before you even drop the bomb on that thing, you should probably go through a whole rigmarole of education and training. And I mean, like I said, I've been in those trips. I've been on rides where we rode by a spot and then we came back and there was an avalanche that that slid through and we had to go around. And it was like, dude, an hour ago, what if we were riding by and the thing came down? And it was like, I got a beacon. I do too. Well, my battery's dead in mine and I've never even pulled my probe out. And it's like, Dude, this is fucking could go south so fast. Well, you know, the thing is, is Alieska Mm -hmm. has a beacon park Mm -hmm. where you can practice for free. They've got multiple buried beacons. You can practice finding one. You can practice finding six. Yeah. Like with distracting signals and Mm -hmm. like it's there all the time from the first time there's snow of the year. They light it up and you can go out there and you can take your friends and you can practice. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, a matter of choosing. I'm super selective about who I drop off with. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I I think that you have to be. I I think that you have to choose not just who's fun to be with, mm-hmm. but who's going to be there for you. Who has uh, requisite skills or is willing to get them yeah and you can't fuck it off yep or, or who's gonna help you who's gonna help you when you're the you one die. that need help yeah mm. yep. that's true that's because I, you know every one of us especially as you're learning to do things does stupid shit and you need somebody there to <laughs> oh my god the number of things i've walked away from because i was just plain old fucking stupid and yep had the right homie with you that made Learned sure you got later. out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in hunting. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I've, man, I've taken a whole new approach at, because <clears throat> I've had the opportunity to hunt with a lot of new guys <clears throat> the last couple of years. And 
it came to me real fast that you need to have that conversation about gun safety and how often do you shoot and just some of the simple things that all the preparation lead up and hype and fun uh the 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 culmination of how it all comes together over the year after you do a permit or whatever you're doing and then you got a guy coming who's a buddy of a buddy you're excited to have him along but you're like whoa it you don't have any idea of his gun safety skills you don't have any idea how he handles a firearm what his knowledge is what his skills are in the woods if something goes bad you start thinking about that a lot more you start considering that more than just the idea of planning a hunt and the logistics and the kill and the harvest. There's a lot of stuff that is kind of washed away with that. And you have to really, really know who you're with, who you're with. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. and it, it comes with experience. You got to like be the guy that gets helped out. You got to be the guy that helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you sure your case you probably saved a lot of lives and you know got put in spots that you know yeah and- i i um yeah i have the same conversation with my friends that i have with clients mm. here's exactly mm-hmm. how far we are from the nearest hospital here's what that means in terms of logistics and actually getting one of us there if that happens. And by the way, here are my weaknesses. I have a seizure condition. I'm allergic to bees, you know, like, here's what to do. If I have, you know, like all of those types of things, let's go through my, let's go through my med kit. You know, your anticoagulants are here. There's O2 here, you know, like here's how to use it. Let me show you how to get a cannulus running on this. And you know, like, all of that before anybody says, let's go look for firewood. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's important. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then, and yeah. then you find, and then you find your core crew that you've been doing it with it with for years. And those guys know what's in the yellow bag and they know yeah. mm-hmm. where it goes. And so you get into a new spot and people start getting into motion. You don't even have to talk. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's like, Oh, sweet. He's putting the bag up the tree. And all right, I've got the yep. line up for, you know, tarp one. And yeah, it gets yeah, quiet oh, for a while there. And, yeah, just and everybody's shit just, happens. just in, in, <laughs> in motion and doing all the right things. And you're like, ah. Oh. Oh man, oh, that's I'm right. Home, I'm home again. I'm home. I got yeah. my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, well, Chris, man, we're running up at three hours here. Here we are. That was beautiful, man. All right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your history and, and your story and your adventures and all the things that you've been through and it's been great once yeah. again man good times uh, yeah. amazing guests showed up and probably beyond what we thought because you know we we always research all of our guests and try to get some information on them and you were a bit mysterious in terms of like what you just <laughs> told us and how little uh, information there really was out there on you which is pretty cool actually in the day of an age of social media yeah um I'm a little bit of a social media hermit. I like yeah. if, you, if you go through my social, I you you won't find anything personal about me. No, no definitely you'll, not. You find imagery, and that's about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah nice. it, it shows. And uh, you showed up, man. Like you, yeah. we were we, Daniel. Literally, I we were just talking for him. Man, this dude's like way fucking cooler than we thought. <laughs> and because uh, well, James, 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 James is the shizziest. James, 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 James is the shizziest. James is James. You said it like once or twice. Yeah. No, I was, yeah, yeah I mean, we kind of did a quick rundown, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Like, perfect. 
And yeah, man, you came through. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. You. All right, good times. Yep. Yeah, thanks for coming through. Man. Alaska, thanks for listening. Uh, leave us a uh, subscription on the uh, YouTube. Rate the channel. Do all the, you know, da 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 Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in a competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details. Specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.